Well, what's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to and the Coach Gang. You. Wait a minute. To the Coach Gang. And that's you. To the Ten Toes Up Gang. To the Nasty Boys. To everybody in the building. I appreciate y'all for being here. This is the Wake Up Show. Part of the Free Agent Lifestyle Podcast here on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. You in here with the king of the blue chip mindset himself. Yours truly, the Bruce Banner. The Bruce Banner. <laughs> the Bruce Wayne of this ish. And the king of content, the speaker of truth. Yours truly, the notorious one, CGA. Better known as Coach Greg Adams, Coach Alini, and Coach Jadamas in the building. The junior college king in the building. And our fewer freshmen at the university check in. Are you a freshman at the university? No, no. <laughs> you look like a no. freshman. Indeed. Somebody said it's a white girl Wednesday. All right. Anyway, we're not the Bruce Banner of this. That's KT King. We the Bruce Wayne of this ish. Uh, also, they any title that uh, I give myself, it is true. So anyway, man, we got the blue chip mindset number 49 in the building. Them 49ers in the building. We made it. 49 consecutive weeks of us dropping the blue chip mindset. This is the stream everyone forgets about. They talk about we're talking about these 304s all the time. We're talking about these nasty women, right? No, that's not true. We in here letting brothers know what's up. All right, this is the these are the streams that no one watches, and they don't think we talk about this stuff. This is the stream where we talk about self-improvement, not the entire time. I mean, I used to only do it for two hours. Now I have three hours, so we throw in a little bit of uh, the other stuff. But these are the streams for 49 consecutive weeks that they forget about, that nobody watches, nobody clicks on. Not nobody, but people, my detractors don't click on. They don't want to sit here and watch this, and then they think I always talk about women. And for 49 consecutive weeks, for almost a year, we've been on this blue chip mindset journey. This is the journey that everybody needs. This is the stuff we need. This is the balance that people were talking about. We bring it to you every single week so we can get our money on our mind and our mind on our money. And we can do what's best to protect all of the people that we're here to protect. Not everybody's going to walk in the path of aloneness, loneliness, my, uh, free agent lifestyle, going their own way, SYSBM, passport. Not everybody's going to walk in that. We have a variety of people in their own walks. So we give information for people to know, right? That is going to benefit them going forward. Let me scroll the topics to today's show. You've already seen the disclaimer. We do not promote hate or harm over here. We promote healthy lifestyle Choices for men in lifestyle, finances, and emotional relationships. We also are going to be talking about the blue chip mindset in today's outlook and news. There's two significant events that are going on here today on November the 2nd that you should be keeping your eye on if you're an investor, if you're looking to invest in the market, if you're looking to capitalize on opportunities, or if you're just ready for some old doom and gloom around here. Because the doom and gloom is here, man. This is the recession. We're going into a hard lock recession. So we're going to update you on that. We're going to give you some entertainment over here, as we call it, the best edutainment program here on YouTube with the Straggle and Sniggle Theater, the Suburban Edition. Oh, we're going to go to the suburbs, you know, the pristine, nice manicured lawns, the picket fences, the gated communities. We're going to see what these suburban people are looking like. Yes, they can be Straggle and Sniggle, too. All right. We also have the Pandemic Amnesty. The Karens are offering up an opportunity for us to forgive and forget. Nope. All right. All of the dangers, the dastardly deeds that they did during the pandemic, all of the 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 treacherous things that they did to people, bullying people for not complying to rules that many of us thought that this wasn't what we wanted to do. This is what not necessary. All right. They want to let bygones be bygones. We're going to read an article about what they're offering up, the pandemic amnesty 
the fact that they were proven wrong over and over again. Now they want to they want to come up with the reason why we need to forget why we put kids a year or two behind in mathematics and science. All right. Why we made people why we made people lose their damn lives because we wanted to wait for them to roll out the pokey poke when they had numerous medications on the marketplace currently at that time that the media was like, nah, don't look over there. They want us to forget about how much censorship they did. I lost Instagram pages. I lost a job. Okay. During this time, they want us to forgive and forget. Well, we didn't know. And we want to, we, are we giving them pandemic and this, and this? Nope. We're going to read an article by um, a newspaper outlet. That's promoting this. The fact that they came up on the wrong side of the argument. Now they want to just shuffle. Okay. People had to take the pokey poke and, and lost their job or, or for not taking it. People had to, put their travel plans behind. People couldn't go to their parents' funerals. Okay, they want us to put the bygones be bygones. Hell no. I got to me a long memory. I got to be a long memory, man. And I don't let people skirt away with this bullshit about bygones be bygones. I think it's reprehensible that people are offering this up at this time where people are trying to heal and we're in a recession. As a result, one of the direct results of that is taking two years off and slowing down the economy like crazy. And now we're dependent heavily on things that are never going to occur. Okay. Never going to occur. Student loan debt, forgiveness, res, uh, reparations. I mean, things that are never going to occur because we're in a financial hole. Many of us are in a financial hole as a result, but many of us become mil millionaires uh, as a result. I'm rich, yeah. We voted Biden in as a result of the, I mean, this is what they, again, I told you that they were going to do this, but I'm not, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that. Because I'm going to probably be getting worked up by the time I read that article. <laughs> I'm going I'm to get worked up. But it's part of the blue chip mindset. I'm going to get worked up. When you read this article and you see what the hell they're trying to promote now. It's reprehensible. Yes. Uh, if you were an investor and you had the writ moratorium. L.A. still was under writ moratorium until 2023. And you lost money not being able to collect rent. I mean. <laughs> it's crazy. All right, shout out to, uh, oh, we're also going to do our men following the formula to failure. That's going to be our key keynote address. And then workout journeys. All right, we're going to take some videos to look at to people who want to get their workout journey going on. I'll give a brief, I'll give a brief um, resume, if you will, of CGA. I'm going to keep those scrolling across the, the uh, board down there at the bottom so you can see what the topics are, what, what you're interested in, and all that stuff. Do me a favor, hit the like button. Hit the like button on the way in, on the way out, either way. That would be great. That would get more people to get this message. Yeah, we talking about straggle daggle still. All right. Uh, shout out to, um, oh, to, to contribute to the day show, Dollar Sign CGA Live on the Cash App. You got Venmo, Coach Greg Adams TV. You got the Notorious CGA channel that is able to do Super Chat. Super Chat is enabled over there. And then on PayPal, paypal.me backslash Coach Greg Adams. Yes, we still got PayPal. <laughs> All right. Yes, indeed. Oh, yes, indeedy. Uh-oh. I put the wrong. These, these dual keyboards don't mess around. All right, so what I have to do, again, since I was not prepared, all right, preparation is key. Preparation and uh, preparation and uh, opportunity meets is equal luck, right? Preparation and opportunity equals luck. So that's what we teach over there. All right, let me type that in real quick. Share it over on the free agent lifestyle channel. All right. The free agent lifestyle book. If you didn't know, and you haven't gotten my book and I've noticed the people who are some of my bigger critics, I know they don't have the book. I know they don't have the book. And now I'm not trying to push 
and grift the book. We'll have plenty of opportunities for me to grift. That'll be later in the show. But I know for sure when people have criticisms of me, they definitely did not read the book. All right, because they think the book is about women. Anybody that has that book, they'll know real quick and fast in a hurry that uh, the majority of the chapters don't have nothing to do with women. It has. We do talk about dating. We don't talk about them being straggle daggles and whores. I wait for the de-evolution book to cover that. Okay. Now the de-evolution book. Yeah, we goes in the de-evolution book, but free agent lifestyle is about you being free. All right. You being free. And what comes with that? What are your opportunities, your hobbies, your interests? Uh, the 90 day, the 90 day, um, not the 90 day rule, the 90 day commitment. We have the 90 day commitment over there. That has nothing to do with women. Like that's one of the main chapters and the main call to action to the men to make a change in your life. Men's guide to peace, quiet and freedom. All right. Has nothing to do with it. And so I know when people are like, you just talk about women. you just. I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about now? When you get on YouTube? Yes. The primary uh, percentage of my conversations or content is going to be relationships. That's what I talk about. If you describe what I'm doing, it's relationships. From the male perspective, and most men in America are heterosexual. So if I'm talking about relationships from the male perspective, who am I going to talk about? I hope I'm not talking about no Whitney Wisconsin dogs or something like that. <laughs> I hope I'm not talking about no sachet, Sante, Vogue, 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 Vogue. Yeah, this ain't the channel for that. We ain't talking about no, I can float, I can go twice as high. Way up in the sky. Take a look. It's in a book. It's reading rainbow. I can't do anything. Friends to know. A place to grow. A reading rainbow. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> What they want me to talk about now, if I was talking about reading rainbow, they'd be in here. Look at this old sachet Sante and ass. <laughs> Look at him. He probably distributed booty pox all across Atlanta. All right. That's what they will be saying. So I can't win. Yeah, definitely. You can't win. As we know over here. You can't win. We can't win. All right. Look, let's get to the contributors to the day show. We start off on the super chats. Thank you, man. Appreciate the contr contributors. Appreciate the supporters, the people who watch, the people who like. I appreciate everybody. Anyway. Smuggling booty, smuggling booty pox across the borders. That's what they will be saying. But of course, I got to talk about women. Why are you talking about women all the time? All right. Shout out to Pete Rose in the building. He says, coach, don't miss. He says, I know a local scripper who now is turning into a barber and looking for a serious relationship. Wow, boy, I tell you. And that's you. This is why they call me. If you're new here, Coach Stradamus. I don't miss. And then because I don't I don't deal with hope. All right, we got brothers that contributed earlier before that. Hold on for a second. Yeah, I'll get you. Sorry. Um, um, I don't think with emotions too much. We all are human. We all are born to make mistakes. But with that being said, I kind of think rationally and logically. I'll be looking out like, damn, look at these morons out here. We showed you the picture of the woman that was like, well, I tried to sell feet pictures and booty pictures on the Internet. Now back to my job as a retail clerk. <laughs> this is not the time for you to sell booty out here, ladies. Although, if you want to join, uh, you can audition over here, and I can tell you if you. <laughs> All right, shout out to 
Lawar Moore in the building. Shout out to the coach gang and the great coach Alini and the coach gang free agent for life. Warhammer men never follow behind women. He says a war has been going on for eight months and this 304 has no idea there's a war going on. Wow. Shaking my head. Free agent lifestyle for life. All right. Shout out to Pete Rose. I got you, brother. JC coach. Are you inferring? C-19 wasn't killing people. Nope. All right, but rappers are killing people. You want us to not talk about that? Mm. Or people are killing rappers. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. See, what you did was you tried to throw your words in there. Did I say that? You got to ask yourself. I mean, I, I, I don't know what's going on with people and their debate skills. C clean the earwax out. Clean the earwax out. I say what I say. I don't infer anything. I'm pretty straightforward. I'm pretty straightforward. Like, I'm, it's not like I'm not straightforward. So stop trying to put in things that I'm inferring, suggesting. I don't suggest. So you're saying that? No. So you're inferring that? No. This is what I said. I said, I'm not. Listen, Um. yeah, the straw man arguments. I, I want to know. Do Have people followed me? <laughs> You can, he says you can't coach. You can't get me with that weak ass tactic like that. Look, I know a lot of people didn't follow me in 2020. A lot of people didn't follow me in 2020. So you missed. I was on a tangent about what was going on in the pandemic. I was letting it be known. All right. I was like, this is I was going, letting it be known. And everybody wished death on me. They was like, they was like, you're going to die. You're going to be in the hospital choking. And I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not. And out there, why? Why don't you think? And I was like, it's only old and fat people. That, I was saying that earlier. I was like, it ain't nobody gonna be like me. And then they would show the one dude with muscles. They showed the one dude with muscles all sitting up there, all roided up. Look, he died. He was 37. And I was like, I can't do anything. They forgot to put that part in the article. <laughs> they forgot to put that. Yeah, that was important. Pre-existing condition. Yeah, don't get me with that. I was like, I'm good. I ain't going to die. Yeah, the motor crash. I was like, bruh. I was like, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I ain't going. I was like, look, I know I'm going to die, but it ain't going to be that. <laughs> One more thing on that. I literally, right at the beginning, and we'll get to it. Right at the beginning, my grandmother got it. My grandmother was 82 years old, and she shook it off like a dog shook off fleas. I called my grandmother. Remember, everybody was all concerned. It was like, damn. So I called her up. I was like, hey, grandma, what happened? She was like, Sean, that thing got tried to get your baby over here. Get your grandma down here. You know, go down there and get, get your granny pantyhose down there. They got a little COVID on my damn lungs over there. It made my lungs a little wet and made me breathe a little hard. But, baby, your grandma a fighter. <laughs> Ground shook it off like, you know how the dog shake and the dog first stands up? She was down three days. I was like, well, if she ain't dead. <laughs> I literally, dude, that was right at the beginning. It was right at, like, April, like, right when it was starting off. She caught it. She went to the hospital. They was like, go home, ma'am. She was on the couch. She sent me a picture, a selfie. She sent me a. 
She sent me a selfie on the couch sick. I called her up. I was like, Grandma, bro, do we, the Undertaker gonna have to come see you. She was like, I'll be good in a couple of days. 82, I was like, I'm good. Mm. I ain't going nowhere, bro. She hit the way and she walked it off. <laughs> oh, whoa. Oh, man, I'm telling you, man. I tell you, I that's when I knew. I was like, I'm good. And I just, just literally was like, I ain't going out on this one. Shout out to what Jedi says. The order of man and the order of God's speech should have been your speech against Hafiz in the one that should have went viral. I appreciate you, brother. Maybe it will because I'm going to clip it or my editor's going to clip it. And um, yes, brother, that order of man and the order of God. Listen, uh, people know that I'm not a great believer in the sky daddy, but I don't dis I don't discredit people who do believe and you believe it. I'm a spiritual person. I'm a spiritual person. But I think we've lost our way of, of the order of man and the order of God. Even you, if you're a non-believer, we definitely have lost our way. But the reality is this. We've lost our way well before. I mean, we didn't just lose our way. The church been led us astray long time ago. I mean, probably since the, I mean, anytime you think about, um, you know, people, believers and whatever they believe in. The church has been leading people astray for decades now, for decades. And the church is gone. I mean, the church has no power. They're spineless, jellyback, yellowback, cowards. Um, and they're, the, the reason why they're cowards is they're using people's belief in gate, faith and spirituality and God against them for money. Now, listen, I don't mind you being a business owner, but the, the church has been gone for a long time. And now that they have female leadership in the church, it's gone. Go ahead. But man, just it's Babe Ruth. Just go ahead and hit that shit way over the wall. It's Barry Bonds 500 feet into McCovey Cove. Gone. Hey, it ain't coming back either. It ain't coming back. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't grift and get paid, but that's where they're going to lean to in their print. They, 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 they were proving themselves to be cowards in 2020 when they start stop having services. I'm like, you ain't stopping the Lord. If I believe in the Lord, you ain't stopping the Lord. Okay. Oh, the Lord say we meet on Sunday. We meet on Sunday. But what did they do? They became cowards, tucked their tail. And as soon as the government says we're going to tax your ass, they got the shuffling. Yep. They went right back. So. Again. Don't think that this whatever's happened. Don't think whatever we're dealing with now has anything to do with what happened in the last two years, five years, 10 years. The answers to your questions is comes from a historical perspective. What we're dealing with is mostly what has been perpetrated, perpetrated onto our grandfathers, our grandmothers, our mothers, our fathers, and so forth. We are now the generation that is dealing with the after effects. This is the aftershock. There's already been an earthquake. This is the aftershock, and we're dealing with the after effects because many of those relatives, our relatives, sold us out a long time ago. If you guys know anything about the 2008-2009 housing market crash and hence that came along with this, the banks are too big to fail and all of that stuff, they even said then we're, we're actually going to cripple and handicap future generations to bail out the banks or the industries that, got the, that needed the bailout. And we're the, you know, your young people, the Generation Z are the first Generation Z. That's why you're broke. That's why you have no damn futures ahead of you. Most of you. That's why you're 
allegiances have to be pledged to government officials to bail you out anytime. It's going to get worse. I hate to be the doom and gloom, but yes, I'm giving you a historical perspective. I'm not trying to blame men and women of today. We're a byproduct of the decision making of our forefathers and our foremothers, particularly the Civil Rights Acts. I'm going a little too far. The Civil Rights Acts where people chose to get the removal father from the home and push single motherism onto the community, the 80s and the 90s. Single mothers are heroes and princess warriors and they're nothing but frauds. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to ACDC coach. It's my birthday on Sunday and friends and family keep asking to come visit. He says, told them to stay home and save your money. Something around the corner and they mad now. Yeah, brother. Hey, let them be mad. JC says, I'm new here, coach. No offense, but catching up fast. He says, I lost my auntie and my mom on her birthday to COVID 2020. I was just wondering your perspective. I know people have people did lose family members, but people die every day. B. Um, we know that people don't die from what that disease is. They die as a result of that is the last thing and the data is there to prove that they often don't they often have other pre-existing conditions so i don't know what your family members died from but i know they didn't die from that that was the last straw okay many other things could have been problematic with them and this is what we know and that's why we need to be aware so we need to put things in a proper perspective all right so anyway he said chili cold we cold it here this is what it is hey the data is out there to prove it this is why they on the world tour apology right now Trying to get us to forget about the bullshit. So anyway, Raul, he says, chances of the Raiders being a good team are slim to none. It's slim just died. Hashtag bear down. Wow. Anyway. Oh, man. We got some people over on the cash app. Give us some time. We got to get to the contributors here. I was going cray cray. Wait a minute. Okay. I was like, what is this? All right. Somebody says, Bryce says, Scott Adams recently spoke out against marriage. And he's kind of, man, Scott Adams is speaking out against marriage now. Man, this is crazy. Shout out to uh, Kirby. He says, blue chip mindset. Thank you. Yes, we are on the blue chip mindset. We'll describe what it is here in a minute. Daniel says, was living the free agent lifestyle overseas and met my true love. Hey, and he says, what part of the free agent lifestyle is that? He says, damn you, coach. By the way, in the free agent lifestyle book, it does not say you're going to be forever alone without a mate or a companion. It just suggests, and people are often shocked that the book suggests this, and it mentions it three to four times in the book. It says, the goal of the free agent lifestyle, and this is kind of how I evolved my content. Initially, it was like, don't don't date, don't get married. Then it was like, okay, there's guys that are going to want to do something like this, right? So it evolved into live your life per first, get your leverage, find opportunities first, it's almost like the sexual transmutation book of Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Get to the point where you can take that energy, become who you need to become, and then you can look at relationships from a lens where you have the leverage as opposed to the opposite where men have less leverage and we're just lucky to have her. And then if you want to pick a mate, pick a mate from that point, you'll probably be more successful. And then I said, just read the book. It's in the book. I said, Many men will choose not to have a mate because what they were val what they needed as validation from the woman when they didn't have leverage, he doesn't need anymore. Okay. That's the whole purpose of the book. I don't want I still want you to get the book. 
But then I say most men choose women because of one-itis, lack of availability, scarcity, poor mindset. The woman validates him. That's why most men pick women. And then I say, once you get leverage or once you get into a position where you actually are confident in yourself, 90% of women will be garbage to you. Mm. <laughs> You'll be trash. You'll be like, why was I even sweating that woman? The book is there. And that was written in 2018. So I don't want to hear I change. And I did. I, no, I didn't. It basically was like, those are the principles. So if you got to the free agent lifestyle and you got to a position, then when you can look back out and you choose to have a companion, you choose to have a mate, you choose to get married, you know what you're going to lose. And then you can pick accordingly. Go look, go read the book if you really want to know. The people say, you say you don't get married. Where? I just say, roll the dice. If I say, this is what marriage is. This is what marriage really is. If you want to do it, roll the dice. Where does don't get married fall in that category? Where did you hear don't get married? You heard that. I didn't say it. So you're saying don't get married? That's a classic example, Strawman. So you're saying don't get married? I say roll the dice. <laughs> if you want to do it. That's like the same thing. Oh, I'm going to go to the casino. I got 10 grand. I'm going to go hit. Okay, go ahead. Ninja, here's the statistics. The house always wins. Roll the dice. Takeoff came and called me. Coach, I'm going to go roll dice with Quavo. And I said, in the hood, in the fifth ward of Houston, Texas, here's the statistics of you making it out of that situation. Roll the dice. And now, did I tell him not to go shoot the dice? No. Did I tell him to not go there? No. But I said, the opportunity for you to be there and do something successful after 2.30 in the morning, probably not good. And then... I didn't tell him to stop doing it. I tell him I probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> okay. I'm just telling you. Shout out to Omar in the building. Masculine Omar. Appreciate you for being here. Okay. You got to hear what I'm saying. I'm telling it to you straightforward. Don't imply. Don't say I'm inferring and all of that. Shout, shout, shout out to Albert Wester. I'm rich, he says I won't be able to catch this live stream. I had a lot of business i have to take care of today appreciate everything you do for men and much respect to you hopefully this sponsors today's show you are the sponsor of today's show yes you are sir appreciate you and doesn't mean nobody else can't sponsor today's show <laughs> oh man yeah we here man look we only deal with the cold hard facts man don't don't get in there to what hey look we don't deal with what's possible the only thing I deal with what's possible is a possible collapse. That's it. Mr. John Gourmet in the building, he says, I asked my wife whose side she's on. She said her side. I said I was on her side. You see, even the unicorns have an agenda. The bait and switch, shaking my damn head. CGA, the best part of my day. Wow. Uh, your wives, why, uh, when, the most truth that a woman will tell is when she's married. Anything other than that, if she's single and divorced, she's straight up lying. <laughs> there's comfort in being married, and thus there's ability to tell the truth. Shout out to Jim Status in the building over on PayPal. Hopeless Roman is taking L after L, and they keep running headfirst into the same brick wall. Give them the buzzer coat. Free agent for life. Get fit, get money. 
hit the like button in the building. Appreciate y'all, man. Shout out to you. Uh, hit the like button in the building. In the building. Before we get Belly Deli, we got to get Belly Deli. We got two more, and we don't get into the show. I promise you. All right, thanks for these contributors. I got to get them out of the way, or else they'll pile up on me. Pause. Mister Williams is in the building. He says, "Coach, we need a. I'm not happy and a. I'm not happy. Nope, nope." <laughs> He says CGA uh, text tone drop. Oh, you need it in the iTunes store. One ninety nine each. Grifting. He says got to monetize those. We need those. Yes, too. Hmm. You're on to something. Wow. I appreciate that, brother. My man said, "Yo, he dropped that. That's actually brilliant." He says, we need those. Great job on the Money Mindset on Wednesdays. Uh, and he says, go Cowboys. He says, we have a bye week, so I'm spending the Sunday hanging out at the junior college. Yes, that's what I'd be doing on bye weeks, too. All right, we had our bye week. It didn't help us. We came out and laid out a goose egg the next weekend. Last one, sizzles in the building, and then we'll get going. <laughs> uh, shout out to you. He says, doom and gloom, CGA. It's hitting hard today. Yes, we swinging at you guys, but it's true. The Hafizes of the world don't even read the book and swear they know your philosophy. Keep your foot on these Mitch's next coach. Hashtag no pokey poke and rest in peace to your boy. Take off. Take out. Take off. Take off. Shout out to take off. And um, and uh, yes, I know people just lump me into all kind of the black pill guys and the red pill guys. And you always do this and they could just look at my videos. Ah, he's just talking about women. And you're nihilistic. Dude, I am as much as I am doom and gloom CGA. And I am proud to say I'm doom and gloom. The reason why I'm doom and gloom is because it keeps my head on a swivel. <laughs> All right. Most people are hopeful. And hope is not a strategy. I just want to know this. This is when we talk about the formula for failure. Hope is not a strategy. You guys that are hopeful are some of the most weakest people. I'm going to I'm starting to get in on your ass. Some of the weakest people on earth are hopeful people. I think hope is a disease. Jesse Jackson asked running around here, keep hope alive. And he said that shit in 1983. Look at us now. Mm. Hope is not a strategy. The people who are in powers, the powers that be, they don't use hope. They use control. They use goals. They use strategic plans. Do you hope that a community gets built up? No, you have a 10-year to 20-year plan to build up an entire community, meaning strip malls, parks, recreations, dog parks, schools, um, airports. You play SimCity. You don't hope overnight that the shit works out. You plan strategically, and you plan around the lemmings who run around having hope. Hope is not the way. That's the formula for failure, hope. I hope we win today. Holy shit. Unbelievable. Last one, Galloway. My wife hates you. Shout out to you. She hates me. And uh, what what else your wife says? But uses your lingo. He says she started saying people at her y'all be shuffling. Shout out. Hey, listen, ladies. Listen. Listen. I know. The wife hates me. She hears me in the background. She's like, this dude, he's bitter and hurt. But she she knows I'm right. She knows I'm right. The one thing about women, I'm going to tell you the secret. One of the secrets of women is they will never say, you're right, honey. They don't say that shit. They don't say that. They're just too, you know what I mean? They don't want, it's like kids that don't want their parents to be right. When you're a teenager, 
And then your parents say something. Oh, shit. I got to big up my parents. You don't want to big up your parents when you're a teenager. They're always wrong. So they want to be like, he's wrong. But they know I'm right. All right, man. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Appreciate you, Simon Small. Thank you for the Blue Chip Mindset Series. And shout out to the gospel of the free agent lifestyle. And that leads us to what is the Blue Chip Mindset Series. Um, What we're going to talk about here, I'm going to share this screen for you guys to see where we came up with the word, the phraseology of the Blue Chip Mindset. The Blue Chip, This I have to do this every show because there's people that are new here. This comes from the lexicon of the American phrase Blue Chip. There's a hyphen in the middle of a uh, Blue Chip. But Blue Chip represents high value in essence but it doesn't mean you appear high value it is you are doing high value things you have great character you proceed further you actually don't um you you aren't consumed with chaos so a blue chip blue chip stocks are the large companies with strong brands that are financially sound businesses with consistent earnings in cash flow that is a blue chip stock and that blue chip word has been in our lexicon we have blue chip Reputations, schools, Ivy Leagues, Pac-10 universities, or Pac-12. That shows my age. Um, uh, Stanford's, the high-level HBCUs, the Howards, the Spellmans, the Morehouses of the world. All right, the Alt Ivies, the 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 uh, the New World Order schools. In essence, those schools that you can't get into, that you never heard that somebody went to. These are the blue chip schools. And how do people get there? Doesn't mean they're the best. How do they get there in blue chip recruiting, football, basketball? The top level four and five star recruits are labeled the blue chip recruits. OK, so even in sports, they use the blue chip in poker in in traditional three color poker. The blue chip holds the highest value. That's where the blue chip phrase comes from. The highest value chip in classic three color poker is the blue chip. Although when you come to Vegas, you will see black chips and green chips and all of these other chips, gold chips. That's old. That's new uh, modern gambling uh, organized by the big casinos. But in three card, three color poker, the blue chip had the highest value. So it is a high value type mindset. We're going to go over this millionaire statistics in a minute. You're going to be amazed at the presentation that we're going to give you there. But why am I giving you this? You're saying, who are you? You're just a poor, dusty, broke, old ass ninja. Okay, that's who you are over there. And you ain't got no money. All right. So that's all what you're going to say. Yeah. All the humanity. All the humanity. I got money. Now, I don't brag about my income. I don't reveal my income. The reason why I have private investigators that are watching CGA. I have pocket watching ninjas. I have people that always trying to pull up my net worth and pull up my family and try to pull it up. The all the land that I own or don't own. I have too many nosy ninjas in my life. All right. So I don't reveal my income. Let's just say I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. And uh, the fact that you would probably say, well, you should be a millionaire and have your net worth and yachts and big ass houses and land. All of the things that you believe are formulas for success that are symbol or emblematic or symptomatic of um, a millionaire. Many times you're following crooks. You're following crooks. You're following people that have programs that basically say, I'm going to teach you how to be an investor. And then you invest in them and they steal your money. All right. So that's number one. All right. That's number one. You're dealing with salespeople. Number two, if you're waiting for a millionaire, a legit millionaire or billionaire to sit here for three hours and then try to inspire you to become somebody. Well, your dumb ass is going to be out of one thousand dollars.
at that seminar and that seminar is going to have plenty of opportunities to upsell you and you're going to be out $2,500 in a matter of three days. Okay, so mm -hmm. let's that get that straight. You're getting this for free. Shut your punk ass up. <laughs> Shut your punk ass up. All right, so listen, daring for you. We're looking to inspire you. You're talking to a man who has a bachelor's degree, a, bachelor's, a master's degree. I've worked at the, um, and, and I've had successful endeavors. I was a college basketball coach. I was a college head coach. And um, I real estate license. I have a CDL. Um, I've had some uh, hobbies that have become successful, meaning uh, I did shop model portfolios in the early model mayhem days. I had a um, self-employed fitness brand for about 10 years until COVID put it out of business. And then now I hear I'm here on YouTube, which is one of the future most successful endeavors that people are going to participate in in the next 20 years. I know a lot of people don't think YouTube is a, a, a good way to earn income. I think people who say that are dumbasses. <laughs> You're the most stupidest people. People that say things like grifter. Or people that say things like he's trying to make money on YouTube. You got to be the dumb asses, the dumbest asses of the centuries. I don't, I don't even know how to even explain how dumb that is to imply that someone's a failure for being successful at something. I don't get it. But let your old ass out here decline because in 20 years, y'all going to be out freezing in the cold. The One of the biggest things that people are going to be doing here in the next 10 years, and it ain't going away, is social media content creation. And there are people out here that basically shook off the fact that they wanted to post something and they weren't worried about what their aunt Nancy was going to think about it. They did it. And they're making five figures a month. And when I say five figures, I'm not talking about $10,000 a month. They're making 80, 90, 100, well, 80, $90,000 a month. And they're young. They're old. They're all over the place. There's people who can't figure out how to monetize YouTube. And they've been here for, and they're, they're, they're your leaders. They're the people you listen to for information and they're complaining. Well, I don't have enough money to hire an editor. That's your dumbass fault. <laughs> I didn't have the money either until I said, let me put the money there. See, that's part of the rich dad, poor dad book. Get that book, put it on your book list. I gave it to my son as a gift. See, you always don't have the money to, um, put into your business or invested. Yeah, you could have put that money elsewhere. Yeah, you could have had a Lamborghini uh, payment that month, but I put the money into it and then it turned into, within three to six months, a break even and then it turned into a profit. Mm. Huh? This is what the blue chip mindset is. Nobody ever has the money to do something. They decide to reinvest it into something and then they want to see with a strategic plan, it turned into a profit. Eventually, not today, not tomorrow, but eventually if they do it the right way, it'll turn into a profit. But it won't turn into a profit tomorrow. We're going to talk about the formula for failure. A lot of people are just impatient. A lot of people don't want to reinvest in themselves. A lot of people want to do the same old, same old. And I'm going to tell you, if you miss this window of content creation, and if you think people are lame for making money on YouTube, and they come on here and say, well, I make $80,000 a month on YouTube, you're a lame. Oh my God. Oh, my God. Oh, you you wasn't successful until YouTube. What? Mm. What kind of definition is that? What, what kind of definition of success is that? You're trying to take away the fact that they're successful now. 
but they weren't successful until YouTube, but they got into an endeavor that's one of the most successful out here and the fastest money-making opportunities out here, bar none. It is the new black gold. It is the new Texas tea. It, you can, you're striking oil right now. There's content creators that was literally working their fingers to the bone, and then they got big on YouTube, and they retired. They retired from their previous job. What? This is the blue chip mindset. That's nothing but hate, and you're going to really be mad at a lot of these people because they're going to be your future household names. They're your future household names. Let me tell you something. You know the amount of people who recognize me in public? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's amazing to me. I go to football games, they recognize me. I'm in the airport, they recognize me. I go to restaurants, they recognize me. I got to start watching how I walk in this world now. It's not every day, but it's it's I, I'm in another city and people recognize me. I walk down the street in Orlando. Do walk next to me. Hey, ain't you CGA? It's crazy. So this is what we're talking about here. If you're one of the lamest people on earth who can't figure out how to monetize something or not using the modern technology, which is big tech. Big tech is the business and it ain't going anywhere. If you're still stuck in that mindset. I don't know what to tell you. I can't help you. I can't help you. Many people say they were somebody before they got on YouTube, but they sure still on YouTube today. Huh? I was somebody before I was on YouTube. Okay, so what are you now, though? You're a YouTuber. Are you still doing the successful business? No, because I still see you over here on YouTube. <laughs> so let's get it straight. It's a fast moneymaker. It's almost like robbing the bank. Okay, it's the Texas T. It is the bit, the black gold. It is the best market. It's better than crypto for a lot of people. It's better than any investment you can make for a lot of people. So that's the blue chip mindset. This is what we're doing. We're also telling you that if you don't go to that endeavor and you're doing the job that you're doing right now, do it with every effort that you got and also work on your side hustle. We also tell you in the blue chip mindset. We also tell you, make sure you have life insurance if you have dependents. If you don't have life insurance, you're missing out on the biggest wealth transfers there are in America going on in the last 80 years. Life insurance and owning real estate, meaning land, not just these Mac mansions, owning real land with good mortgages that many times people have paid off and transferred to other people. They actually prepared their other people to be successful. Some of them blew it. Yes. Oh, the people are just going to blow it. Let them blow it. Let them blow it. All right. However. You did what you needed to do here to set them up. Many people take advantage of it. We also tell people, invest in land. America's for sale. Somebody was just saying the other day, there's land everywhere. Okay, there's opportunities everywhere in land ownership. Okay, the two biggest ways people have been able to transfer wealth from one to another is life insurance, inheritance, and land. Are you doing that? Are you preparing for that? See, a lot of people will tell me about getting some peace leave. See, this is where I... This is where I go away from trying to get peace leave as a goal. See, you can roll around in a woman for 15 minutes and think you achieve something. I believe at this point in my life, you've achieved nothing. I could pay that off and go about my life. I know a lot of people don't have success with women, but let me just tell you something. Rolling around in a woman for 15 to 20 minutes does not define you. It doesn't make you anything. And at the end of the day, you're going to be empty at the end of it. Many times you're going to regret the person you lay down with because most people are ugly. So here's the deal. You roll around in a woman. You go to the bathroom. You wash off in the sink. 
you come back and you see that woman and you're going to be like this. You're going to be like. The next day you roll around in another woman, you go wash off in the sink, you come back, you're going to look at that woman and be. You don't get the same feeling the next day. You don't feel the woman like you felt her yesterday, but you get to look in your bank account and feel the same way after you earn something. Guys, the value of peace leave is plummeting. It's not worth what it, you think it's worth. Now, in your 20s, it's one of the most fantastic things you can get, especially in your late teens and early 20s. Once you get about 30 and 40, once you had one, you had them all. Once you had one, you had them all. By the time you're in your 35 and 40, <laughs> it's not a goal. It's not a goal. And you'll regret all the time that you wasted in your 20s and 30s trying to get you a little bit of nookie. That sweet, sweet honey. Them sweet, sweet sugary walls. It's worthless. It has great value before, but once you bust a nut, it's damn worthless. Okay? <laughs> You're going to think it's going to be worth something. How many dudes have busted a nut? It was like, yo, this is worth everything that I did prior to getting it. I put it in its proper perspective. It's a great thing. I want to deal with it for about an hour a day, maybe three days a week. Other than that, I'm done with it. I know I can get it. I just throw my little line out there, reel it on in. Hey, this is what I want to do. This is your transaction I want to deal with. Can you do it or not? You're not willing to do it. Next. Okay. <laughs> Come on, man. Put it in this proper perspective. The dudes that are telling you to chase women or chase the desire or they're saying they're max, they're sitting in there in their bathrobe. You see that one dude, he's on Instagram. He's sitting in the old rusty ass, soggy ass bed, bath and beyond bathrobe. And he's sitting up there telling all these dudes how to get laid. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. In this marketplace, it's easy to get laid. But you just got to have a mindset to put getting laid in this proper perspective. People that are trying to get laid and making it a trophy are the biggest losers out here. It's not a trophy. Trust me, it's not a trophy. It's dirty. It's nasty. It's disgusting. It feels good. And most of the people you're going to do it with are subpar. Now, what else going on in life? Tell me about your life insurance. <laughs> Tell me about what the Dow's doing. Speaking of. Speaking of, what's going on here in the news today? The Fed is expected to raise interest rates by three-quarter of a point and then signal it could slow the pace. We know they're having meetings today. This is important to you because this is going to cost you thousands of dollars, particularly per month, if you get a mortgage as of today. And as they keep raising the interest rates, it's going to cost you thousands of dollars of future money per month. And if you multiply that or you compound that, compound that we're talking about, it's, this is going to cost you tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. What's happening today? See, this is the most important stuff that's going on. Okay. And it could be an opportunity for you to right now as people are down. All right. They're down on their luck. This is an opportunity for you to capitalize and become one of the mega millionaires that are going to be produced from this marketplace. This is what's going on right now. 
they're going to raise it three quarters of a point and they're going to signal slow it down. So but they're they're also going to raise it potentially in December. And they're also probably going to go into 2023 and raise it all the way up into the summer to control inflation. This is an important point. And then what tends to happen is if you have your investor hat on, you see, see stuff like this. The stocks fall as Wall Street prepares for Fed rate uh, decision, meaning we're beholden to the Fed and then the market's going to adjust. As the market adjusts, this is opportunities for you if you're prepared and you were here since 2018 and 2019 to get into the market and buy a discount. This isn't just doom and gloom, but it's doom and gloom for people who are going to lose tens and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars of opportunities and cold hard cash and investment opportunities in this marketplace. This is what's important. Getting women and learning game is not important. Is it, is it a skill? Yes, it's a skill. I never will take it away. It's a skill. It's something that you need to learn. Okay? But this is what's important. Let's take a look at the Dow as of today. The Dow is down, but it is rallying here, right here in the last hour. But if you look year to date, it's not a big deal. I'm sorry. Uh, if you look over the last five years, the lowest point we were at is at April 2020, right when people were panicking and putting on their face condom, or as you can see right there. And then you see it's been steady. Uh, we had great times up in the 2021s. People made a lot of money. And then people started to proceed to lose a lot of money right here Um Right here when the market started to tank due to inflation, with us being in a recession, a soft recession, according to Biden. All right. Shout out to Joe Biden. I've done some dumb things. And I'll do dumb things again. Uh, could the Dow go back under 30,000? Could it go back under 30,000? Just adjusting to the Fed rate, um, the Fed rate being hiked up potentially. But that does mean discounts for a lot of people who want to become investors. But 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 that. That takes a plan, a strategic plan, meaning you have to have the available resources. You got to put it in the blue chip stocks. And then over time, not tomorrow, not the next day, over time, three years, five years, 10 years, you will have been in the driver's seat and not have cost yourself hundreds of thousands of dollars. You will make hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is what we're trying to do here. That's why we're trying to teach you. Okay. Um, Biden is going to also give a un- we call it an impromptu speech, but a non-planned speech today, tonight. He's going to address the nation tonight, unplanned. This is going to be interesting. This is something you need to know. You might want to tune in with one eye. Say, what is going on here? What, what, are, what are they trying to push? New, 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 new world order. Why are they giving this impromptu speech unplanned here, and he's going to address the nation at the Capitol? I hope they don't have red background lights and security guards in the background this time. Hopefully they have a more pleasant background than the one that they had of the Adolf Hister background that they had on last time. All right. So now they plan it. They're going to make sure that they go into the um, go into the midterms with a little bit of momentum, get you to forget everything they did for the last two years and, and, and then get you hoodwinked and bamboozled. All right. That's what I'm assuming. That's what's going to happen here. Or maybe if you're a Biden supporter, they're going to give you hope. All right. But we all know they about to get a landslide victory unless they unless there's some nefarious things that happen in the mail in ballot boxes. I don't know how that goes. But this is an important step for you guys to actually recognize, at least to pay attention to. I don't care what age you are. This is important things here. All right. That's what's going on in today's. This is today's outlook. And that's today's news. Let's get to uh, some of the super chats in the building here. 
uh, before we go on to the next one. Straggle and Sniggle coming up. <laughs> oh, man. Straggle and Sniggle coming up. What do we got here? Simon Small, thank you for the Blue Chip Mindset Series. And shout out to the Free Agent Gospel, Gospel of the Free Agent Lifestyle. Desert Brew Crew, he says, I'm second-generation Filipino, married. We as Asians uh, live by trying to push for generational wealth. Don't be stupid with your money. By the way, my wife loves your show. Shout out to your wife. Hey, man, we getting wife love out here. We getting wife love. I appreciate y'all, brothers. And listen, the married men watch us too. Yeah, the wives, the wives are like, man, hey, man. the wives got permission. All right, so appreciate that, man. And shout out to the, as much as Americans love to hate on immigrants, the immigrants are kicking our ass for about 100 years. I mean, all of Americans. They're kicking our ass. They've taken this land of opportunity. They've taken this yellow brick road and they've taken advantage of it and they've made, they've come in with very little, invested, took opportunity and preparation, created their own luck, and then they turned their kids into blue chip mindset people. And they, they are living the formula of success and they're doing things that are the formula of, of success. But we do the formula of failure, meaning we do everything opposite of what it would take to be successful and we watch people with very little and they are doing what? They're married. When you're married, doesn't mean you're happily married, but they do have marriages. They also do save money. They don't splurge. Um, they do have kids. Not only do they have kids, they got 50, 11 kids, and they send them kids to UCLA, UC Irvine, Stanford. They're doing the formula of success. Why? Because they're taking the opportunity. They're taking advantage of the opportunity. We are trying to be hopeful. We are trying to be safe. We are trying to depend on the government to get us out of jams. And then the foreigner, the foreigners pass us by and we get we hate them. We hate on them. And it starts back to the Italians taking control of their communities and restricting who comes in and out in terms of ownership in their community. OK, Italians were down at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to people being prejudiced. Irish people, Polish people, they said we're going to be part of the police officers and all of that stuff. And they patrolled not only the their communities, they also patrolled other communities and beat people up and took the crack money and all that stuff. You got the Jewish people who don't want to admit they're successful all of a sudden. <laughs> right? They're like, we're not successful. Look the other way. But they took control of their whole situation. And uh, bought up whatever they need to bought it, and they moved in silence. To this day, they moving in silence. They like see nothing, hear nothing. You saw nothing. They like here. Here's the flashy thing. They was like, look, whatever you saw in terms of NBA franchise ownership, flashy. <laughs> they ain't trying to tell you how they got over, but they got over. All right, they try to even keep it quiet. Don't look over here. Why? Because they trying to keep it. Okay. You also have uh, Latinos. Latino people have um, a family tradition where they will clump up all together, roll in the same car, live in the same house. Many of them will help each other up. Asian people came over here looking at you like they don't speak no English. They run into your car. They run into your car and be like, just be blinking at your ass. You'd be like, hey, uh, you see where you were going? They don't give a damn. They're like, we ain't about to lose no money today. 
just be looking at your hey look hey as, as much as you want to hate nigerians jamaicans jamaicans come over here adopt every characteristic of black culture and then they be running off rich you'd be like hold up But Americans, Americans, y'all asses be literally having y'all hand out. May you spare a dime, daddy government. And that goes for white Americans. That goes for black Americans. YouTube people in our country are very reprehensible. And this is why they're replacing you. This is why they open up the border. All right. They open up the border to the South. Everybody in the South, they just want to wipe the South off the map. They were like, just come in here. We don't need none of these people. <laughs> All right. All they doing is draining the damn Social Security. Come in with your families. Come in with your work ethic. Come in with your moving in silence. Come in with your non-complaining. Come in with your kids. All right. And then come in with your vote. You wonder why. If you think you want to keep America, America. Hey, man, they're letting two two million people across the border per year. These are going to be the new Americans. And in 10 years, those 2 million will make 6.5 million. There's a rumor. There's a rumor. Hit the like button in the building. There's a rumor that many people want to make um, many people. You know, let's just call them who they are. New, 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 new world order. They want to have America have 1 billion people in population. Okay. one 1 billion Americans. One million people living in the continental United States. That's the rumor. And they want that by, I don't know what year, 2040, 2050. This is why they had that article. Black net worth will be zero by 2050. They want one billion Americans. Now, there's 360, roughly 345, 360 now in America. There's 350, 360, give or take. You mean they have to they have to triple the population. That's their goal. How are they going to do it? Men and women, Americans aren't getting married. Americans aren't having kids. The birth rate's declining. The birth rate's dropping. What do they got to do? They got to open up the borders, which means if these people are going to be able to be the new Americans, they're going to over. They're going to outpopulate us in the next 30 years. If that's what their goal is, and they're trying to do it for real, they're trying to do it. And so if you're sitting around trying to figure out why you ain't making it, you better make a move now. And there's land, there's land that ain't even being considered being useful that will be, we will need that land. And as they do that, we'll become poorer as a people, just so you know. All right. They're not trying to make these people rich people. They just need them to be populated. Um, anyway, the great Cochellinians in the building. Land is going to be at a premium. So think of places where you would think they would never put people. They're going to put people there. <laughs> they're going to put people there. All right. Shout out to Abel returns to Eden. He's a serious crescent coach. Since many of your listeners will live to 100 in good health, if you choose wisely, would you consider doing a show on the last 50 years beyond XX's on the blue chip mindset? The last 50 years. That's the 50 years that people want to question, right? You'll be old at 80. You'll be old at 60. And nobody, you'll be alone and you're going to die alone. We're going to figure that out. All right. Most of us are going to be alone at that age with the decisions we're making. So make the best out of it. 
All right. Speaking my mind says my savings accounts made some money since they had uh, raised, I believe, raised interest rates. Your savings account made money. Interesting. Savings account. All right. Shout out to Jacques Roulet. Roulet. I'm a licensed agent, and trust me, Coach is right about the life insurance, gents. He says, I've seen millions pass down tax-free. Listen up. All right. If you don't do anything, I know there's a lot of information we're giving you because this is what we're doing. Look, if you don't have life insurance, but you have descendants, you have people that are dependent on you, and you don't have life insurance, you're missing out on a big, 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 big opportunity. All right. To pass on wealth with the low, low investment of $39 to $40 a month. $39, $45. 35, 45 bucks, and you can do a whole life. You can do a term life. Um, you know, when you invested in it 20 years, you're investing what? You know, you're you're passing on quarter of a million of dollars. You don't think that's going to be important to someone? That's going to be important. Quarter of a million dollars, sometimes half a million. Just so, just so when you die, and let me tell you something, you're going to die. <laughs> just let you know. You're going to be dead. It's not like you're dodging death. Somebody said 200 in New York. Oh, and also, also, get life insurance before you turn 30, 35, 40. All right, and there's a reason why. I'm not trying to sell you life insurance, although I would love to do a side hustle selling life insurance. But um, if you... And you don't have to do this, by the way. You can just tell your relatives to screw themselves, all right? Or you can pass it on to someone else. You can make it a college fund. There's a whole bunch of you. You can leave it in the trust uh, to a descendant, and then they have to qualify for it by doing whatever you tell them to do. Jump on one leg for 50 days, all right? And they qualify. But but if you wait until you're older, if you're waiting until you're older, highly likely you will have a pre-existing condition that might knock you out of the opportunity to get the life insurance. All right, so... Um, if you're a smoker, very difficult. If you get cancer, very difficult. If you have a history of uh, injuries and you roll motorcycles and crashed, probably unlikely that you'll qualify, right? Um, um, and and not, all of these things I'm saying aren't certain, but these are examples of something uh, that could trip you up. All right, you got an STD. You got STD panel. Uh, they're going to investigate you, right? You got high blood pressure, pressure and cholesterol, diabetes. So, if you wait till you're older and be like, okay, I'll do it now, but you have a history of something, <laughs> they're not going to qualify you and you're going to miss the window. So this is something you want to get into 25 to 40, 25 to 35. You know what I mean? Then it's going to be worth it. Yeah. Diabetes is going to be. <laughs> yeah. If you ride motorcycles, they'll ask you, you ride motorcycles. Have you ever been in a motorcycle crash? Nope. Nope. No life insurance for your ass. They ain't going to waste money insuring your dumb ass. Riding a crotch rocket. Now, once you get the life insurance, you can ride away. <laughs> as long as it's not, doesn't restrict your policy. All right, shout out to uh, Daniel says, thanks uh, to you, I went from 60K to 100K a year, coach. Thank you, brother. Shout out to you. And he also says, I know your wife is salty. I don't have a wife, but my ex-wife is salty. She fumbled a major bag. Ooh. I know how people think about money and I know how she thinks about money. She probably like, damn. But I always told people, you better hit your wagon to this star. I'm going up. I always knew I was going to be successful. And I was successful in many endeavors, you know. It wasn't like I made millions. Millions don't, making millions doesn't mean you're successful. That Just like marriage doesn't mean you're successful. Doesn't mean it's good. Uh, you can be successful in the fact that you survived, that you moved up the ladder, that you uh, 
uh, did it for a considerable amount of time. That's success. All right. Daniel says, and uh, you slowly chipped away at her pool of simps. Yeah. Uh, ladies, if you get divorced in your 40s and your 30s, the likelihood you're going to get remarried is slim to none. And Slim just died. You better just take the husband you got. That's the best you can do. Yes, ladies, you're not getting a better man out here. The odds are you get, you're you not getting a better man. You'll be lucky to get any man. Shout out to uh, El Chico in the building. Married man, 18 years and still red-pilled. Wife loves it. Appreciate you, brother. Shout out to you. Uh, there are a lot of people who red-pilled. Yes, you can be married and red-pilled. Yes. I know people are like, no, you can't. Yes, you can. Absolutely. You can't go your own way. But yeah. Shout out to Faith. He says, true as heck. She says, true as heck. The enemy sure ain't out here hoping he he hoping he's working hard. Yes, hard. It's a it's a weird it's a weird deal what people got going on. There's no hope out here, man. I don't teach and encourage anybody to hope. I think hoping is silly to me. You know, you can pray if you want, but even going, I'm going to pray that, no. <laughs> Take your hand, your right hand and your left hand, and get to work. Start digging. All right, shout out to Rusted Junk. Good morning, coach. A suggestion for the 50th Blue Chip Mindset. Raise your net worth. My new goal is having a net worth of at least $1 million before I turn 50. I'm 45 years old now. Appreciate that, man. Set them goals, man. Keep those goals coming. Let's get into straggle and sniggle. Congratulations on that. And you're going to hit it if you set it and you think about it and you put yourself on a trajectory to get it. Shout out to Straggle and Sniggle Theater. Let's have a little bit of fun. Let's have a little bit of fun. The Suburban Edition. Let's go in. So we're just going to have a little fun here. Uh, shout out to the KT the King on Locals. He's got us on Locals. Uh, this is a housewife, Karen, from the suburbs. Let's see what she's doing today. Do I have to go to these places? I've been to every one of them. Do I have to be handcuffed? She been to every... Oh, my. Look at the saggy waggies on this one. This got to be Texas. This got to be Texas. All right. Um, Look at the saggy waggies on this sloppy yogurt over this mug. All right. Um, How long... What is she going to? A mental hospital? Whose wife is this? Mm. <laughs> Whose wife is this? Of course, her mental health went haywire and she's off her meds. Let's see what happened. What happened? We always do. What happened? Man, please. All right, let's continue. My husband lied. Uh oh. Uh -oh. He's hurt me. Oh. <laughs> of course, she said. It is all Jermaine's phone. It's always Jermaine's phone. Hey, the deal, when you deal with suburban women, AKA white women, they will pour on the whole damn charade for your ass. Look at that face. Look at that face. Now, it was cute when she was 20, but now she's 50. And now she's sitting around thinking that in her in her 50, she can still pour on the fake crocodile tears and it's going to work. So let's hear what she tried to blame on Jermaine. What happened? My husband lied. Uh-oh. He's hurt me. Okay, I'm sorry about that. He's the one who's been to jail, and why am I handcuffed? All right, so she must have got a domestic violation. Right now, you're handcuffed for your safety and their safety and our safety, okay? So let's just talk to me first. Talk to me first, okay? <laughs> oh. Jesus. Oh. I'm going to check your blood pressure real quick, okay? Okay, take it. I've been checked from one end to the other. 
Uh, brothers, Kaylee's turn to Karen's. I just want to know. I'm letting you know this. Kaylee's turn to Karen's. I know you look at that nice little Kaylee in that chin and that flat chest and all of that stuff she said she had in that flat back. They turn, they do the impossible and they turn into major Karen's and you they're stuck on your hands, right? So they're 22, 23, 24, got a flat back and long hair. And you're like, oh boy, you'd be like, ooh, that I got a Kaylee. And then sooner or later, by 35, they done chopped their hair off. They dot they peroxide in their hair blonde. They got saggy waggies, and then they run around here, <laughs> and now they a full blown Karen. And they you got her, you got her on your hands for 40 years. Uh, let's see what she's talking about here. What what is she praying about? See if I'm pregnant at 66 years old. It's possible, man. Well, I know it is. He tried to do it in my ear and my face and put it all over me. <sighs> what? She's 66. What is she talking about? What? Your safety and their safety and our safety, okay? So let's just talk to me first. Talk to me first, okay? She tried to. Oh, she's praying. So listen. Look, there's a kid right here. And I asked. I'm going to check your blood pressure real quick, okay? No, Kelly, take it. I've been checked from one end to the other. See if I'm pregnant at 66 years old. It's possible, man. Well, I know it is. He tried to do it in my ear and my face and put it all over me. How would you like to have come, come, all over you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord! Oh my goodness! So, hey, check this out. Hey, look, look. This is what happens when you get married and you still want some sex from your wife, and she's like this. I haven't showered in three days, and I smell like a bag of onions. <laughs> is any of this turning you off? Nothing he tried to put it all over me. He tried to get it in my ear, all on my face. <laughs> <laughs> she don't want it on her face. I haven't showered in three days and I smell like a bag of onions. Is any of this turning you off? Nothing. How dare you put it all over my face and in my ear? All right, let's continue. Oh, there's a child right there. Well, maybe that child needs to hear about it. Nope. He oh, man. Lord have mercy. <laughs> hey, straggling sniggle. Straggling sniggle. It's just not for it's just not for the community. Lord have mercy. All right. Uh straggling sniggle suburban edition. Let's go uh to see what Kaylee's doing at a young age, the teenage years. All right. A teenage love. Uh, we're going to the suburbs where they get rowdy too. Uh, so I think they about to squab and get it on. Let's see what's happening over here. All right. Wait, are we sharing the screen? Hold on for a second. For some reason, I can't see if we're sharing it. Yes, we are. All right, here we go. Let's roll the film. All right, we got nice manicure lawns. We got the landscaper Hector in them and landscape the lawn. We got the cookie cutter McMansion in the background. We got the nice address. We got the good school district. All of that. All of that. Let's see how they get down and get busy. Uh-oh, Kaylee got a bat. <laughs> Kaylee, Kaylee, <laughs> Kaylee working, looking around like, Hey, look at this. What's up? What's up? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, they squabbing. Hey, bro, bro. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> it's like wrestling when you get the steel chair taken from you. 
she had the bat all of a sudden now she don't got the bat and now she praying oh oh uh, i hope you understand nope the oh no the other kaylee sweet hey, oh lord look at the neighborhood we got we got suvs we got all look at this pretty neighborhood and they out here acting snigglish <laughs> they out here sniggling oh now she praying she had no Oh no! What in the world? Not Kaylee and Kaylee. Oh man, they acting stragglish and snigglish. Oh, not the fat mama boy. They look the same. They look the same. They got the same clothes on, same outfit. They both built like hedgehogs. All right, let's continue here. That's what your future. Okay, look. This is Kaylee's turn into Karens. Kaylee's turn into Karens. So this is the girl, and you're like, ah, oh, she's, uh, I guess she's cute. She's a little petite. She's a little spinner. She's a little chunky, but I'll keep her like this. And then all of a sudden, 20 years later in marriage, be like, now this is what, this is what she's going to look like in the future. That's what she's going to look like. Kaylee's turning the carrots. All right, here we go. Don't touch her with that fat. It's a fuck out. Hey, I'm going to nail your fuck. Look in the background. They still scrapping. Do not touch her with that bed. Hey, she's the one that brought it out. I don't care. Put it down. She ran away now. She was like, all right, I don't got the bat no more. Drop it. She said, get off my ninja. Did y'all hear that? I think she said, get off my ninja. Hold on. Let me go back. Let me go back. I think she said, get off my ninja. What? Oh, my God. Now, look at the, all the Kayleys out here scrapping. Oh, no. They straggling and sniggling. Oh, look at the flat back. Now she the flat back. Oh, now she duking it. Oh, my goodness. Kyle and Tanner in a headlock over here. Dylan and Tanner. Hunter and Skyler. <laughs> Hunter and Skyler in a headlock over here. And Kaylee is over here. Beat that bat. Who is this? Beat that ass, oh. Rachel. Get that bat. Beat that. <laughs> Beat that ass, Rachel. Hold on. I got to clip that one. Hold on. I got to clip it. Get that bat. Who is this? Beat that ass, Rachel. <laughs> Beat that ass, Rachel. Hold on. I'm clipping that later on. Don't let me forget. Flat back all out. All right, here we go. Who is this? Beat that ass, Rachel. You better fuck off. You don't talk to adults like that. Oh, man, dude, Rachel is getting busy. Got that flat back all curved, spine poking out. She getting busy on that little one. Oh, now she complaining. She need a scrunchie. Oh, my goodness, man. Hey, that's what happens in the suburbs, man, for y'all brothers that don't know, man. Y'all think what happens is the low-quality women leave the suburbs and you think you didn't got up. <laughs> All right, you didn't think you came up on them, but you really just got to straggle. All right, watch out for that. He said they tired. Nobody broke up the fight for Tanner and Skyler. All right, so now they got to figure out how to get the soccer practice now. They all worn out. They taekwondo classes didn't kick in. All right, uh, what else do we got here? Do we got, okay, we're not going to show that one until later on. So shout out to, hey, look, man, shout out to uh, Straggling Sniggle Theater for the Suburb Edition. Don't ever say I'd just be making brothers look bad. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, that's good right there. Let's go to the next story. We'll come back to the supporters. Pandemic amnesty. The Karens want you. They want you to forget what they did during the pandemic. We're going to do that story later. Why did I have it in that order? All right. Let's declare, this is from the Atlantic. This is from the Atlantic. Shout out to the Atlantic. Let's declare a pandemic amnesty. The byline, we need to forget one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark, dark ages about C-19. This is by Emily Oster. Mm. Yeah, let's let bygones be bygones. I know I did some things to you. I know I scolded you for staying, not staying six feet away from me. I know you talked to me and I told you not to come into the store, all of this crazy stuff. Now, again, the straw man argument is going to, are you saying people didn't die? I didn't say that. People die every day, B. But they didn't give us all the data. Many of us knew it and were right. But they're going to talk about that. They're going to call you out for being right. I'm reading from the Atlantic YouTube. So I'm providing my evidence. In April 2020, with nothing else to do, I had plenty to do. My family took an enormous number of hikes. We all wore cloth masks that I made myself. Remember those days where women were like, I'm going to get out my old, uh, I'm going to get out my sewing kit and my sewing machine. They all of a sudden became sewers with rubber bands and cloth. Continuing. We had a family hand signal, which, uh, which the person in front would use if someone was, was approaching on the trail and we needed to put our masks on. She's going to admit this is foolish later. I'm just letting you know. You guys harass me. You guys harass a lot of people. And you guys were outside doing this shit. You guys were driving in your car by yourself, looking like plum idiots. But then you were out there scolding me on Facebook. Says once when another child, wait a minute, hold for a second. Is that the right line? Yeah. Once when another child got too close to my four-year-old son on a bridge, he yelled at her social distancing. These precautions were totally misguided. You don't, you don't say. <laughs> we told you you guys were morons, but you didn't want to listen. But she's going to get into that. There was no proof that you needed to be outside on a hiking trail away from with nothing but coyotes and rattlesnakes and foxes around that you needed to have a mask. Everybody knew that that didn't make sense. But now here, the, these people are trying to say, yeah, that didn't make sense in the end. But you made people feel like shit for not doing it. It says right here in April 2020, no one got the virus from passing someone else on a hike. Outdoor transmission was vanishing, vanishingly rare. <laughs> and still is. All right. For anybody that's talking about misinformation, they literally saying it right here in the article. Our cloth masks were made out of old bandanas and wouldn't have done anything anywhere. But the thing is, we didn't know false i was saying most of you guys aren't didn't even wash your bandana cloth most of you guys didn't switch your we all said this she's gonna admit this i have been reflecting back on this lack of knowledge thanks to a class i'm co-teaching at brown university hold on for a second new 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 world order on c19 we spent several lectures reliving the first years of the pandemic discussing the many issues and choices important choices we had to make under conditions of tremendous uncertainty. 
it was it was uncertainty for you. All right. And you didn't listen to me. But listen, some of these choices turned out better than others. Take uh, to take uh, an example close to my own work. There's an emergency, if not universal consensus, that schools in the U.S. were closed for too long. Mm. Emerging consensus. It's literally the truth. Everybody knows the kids suffered from this. And your one and only overlord tried to backpedal and said, well, I didn't tell you to close it. The health risks of in-school spread were relatively low. <laughs> Dude, is this real? Is this article real? This is reprehensible, man. I mean, I'm telling you, I will never forget. I will never forget this shit for the life of me. And you're going to hear what she rationalizes about people like me. You're going to hear what she says about people like me. The health risk of in-school spread was relatively low, whereas the cost to students' well-being and educational process were high. Kids lost two years of school. Some athletes lost two years of eligibility for them to go progress. Some kids that were going to be seniors, I remember in California, kids were going to move to other states, Arizona and Texas, so they can play their senior year because they were high-level recruits and, and all of that stuff. And that's just, just not the athletes. People lost tremendously kids who had a low transmission rate they had a low pass on rate they had a low chance of death um a lot of kids especially poor economic kids lost big time they were already behind most of them were sent home to get on computers and ipads they didn't have any if you had a family of three or four and you had two people working or one parent had to stay home remember remember the articles oh i had to stay home because of this i had to quit my job remember the women 70% of the people who lost um, their jobs or had to tail back their jobs, tailor back their jobs were women. Well, I have to take care of my parents and the kids. Man, this was bigger than what they're trying to paint it out to be. This was horrible. A lot of kids faced abuse in home from abusive parents, sexual abuse, physical abuse, because they were at home and the parents were at home. Hmm? Y'all don't remember that. Y'all trying to gloss over that? And you don't think these are going to have long-lasting effects for 20, 30 years? I was saying this in 2020. All because a couple people you knew died. Hey, man, look, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. But the, the people that are here now are going to suffer. The latest figures of learning loss are alarming. I'll never forgive people for this, man. For real, I'm not. I'm not listening to this. But in summer of, uh, but in the spring or summer 2020, we had only glimmering glimmers of information. Sorry, in the spring and summer of 2020, we only had glimmers of information. No, we didn't. Reasonable people, people who cared about children and teachers, advocated on both sides of the reopening debate. No, it was all out, flat out bullying, right? There was no debate on the other side. You posted something on Facebook or Instagram. I lost the Instagram account over this. I lost the whole Instagram account. They went in and boom, I came back. I was like, what happened? People, I had to leave Facebook over this. I was like, I ain't going back over there. All right, there's too many Karens over there. As soon as you put up and stuck up your hand and was like, well, maybe. And they covered, no, they, they were miserable. Another example, they're going to talk about the Popes. I'm going to skip that part. I'm going to I'm going to skip that part. I know people want me to go in on that. I'm going to skip that part because people are way too sensitive about that. Even today, they're way too sensitive. 
It says, obviously, some people intended to miss. Wait a minute. I got to go back. There's a, there's a statement in here. I'll read the first part. It says right here, when the vax came out, we lacked definite data on the relative efficient, uh, efficacies of the Johnson & Johnson shot versus the mRNA option. for. <sighs> we lacked data? There was no data. What are we talking about? We lacked data. There was none. That was the whole point. There was none. They literally was like, just trust the science and just poke your arm out. Remember, they had that black woman. I had that black woman. She was like, I'm, I don't trust. I don't believe. I don't want no information. Just stick your arm out. Remember that? And we was like, nah. And then they ran us off the platform. It was like crazy. And then now they want us to forget. Obviously, some people intended to mislead and made wildly ir irresponsible claims. Remember when the public health community had to spread a lot of or spend sorry. Remember when the public health community had to spend a lot of time and resources urging Americans not to inject themselves with bleach. Not many people were doing that. That was overhyped. That not, not many people were going to get bleach. He says that was bad. Misinformation was and remains a huge problem. On both sides, it says, but most errors were made by people who were working in earnest for the good of society. Given the amount of uncertainty, almost every position was uh, taken on every topic, which is American way. And on every topic, someone was eventually proven right. CGA. If someone else was proven wrong, Karen's. In some instances, the right people were right for the wrong reasons. See that right there, that statement right there is why you do not extend this pandemic amnesty. See, they won't even admit they was wrong. What they're going to say is you were right, but for the wrong reasons. No, 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 no. It don't matter what the reason was. You think it's the wrong reason because that's your feelings talking. So if a person was like, nah, man, we need to stand up for our individual freedoms. They're killing small businesses. Well, you were right, but it wasn't for the wrong reason. What is that? So this is like your wife apologizing to you with that sideways ass comment. All right, well, you know, you're right, but. No, they were right, period. Just admit it. And the reason why they were right is the reason why you're writing this article. Because you were dead ass wrong going on a hike in the open air with mask on your face. And you knew you found out it didn't do anything. You found out you were an idiot for doing it. And then you had your kids out there. Somebody's coming up the trail. And you realize you were dumb and everybody told you you were dumb. Not everybody. People told you you were dumb and you got them kicked off of Facebook. In other instances, they had a. They had an understanding of the available information, a prescient. I don't even know what that means. So you can look that up. This is where it gets weird. The people who got it right, for whatever reason, may want to gloat. Those who got it wrong, for whatever reason, may feel defensive and retrench into a position that doesn't accord with the facts. All of this gloating and defensiveness continues to gobble up a lot of social energy and to drive the culture war, especially on the internet. These discussions are heated, unpleasant, and ultimately unproductive. Nah, see? <laughs> see, when you thought you were right, did you, did you say you were gloating? 
when you thought you were right in forcing people to stand six, two carts away in the damn community, uh, the corner store, and make you walk up and down the aisles with arrows on the floor, and you said, well, there's the policy right there. You follow it or you get out. See, when you were right, you didn't ask us. You didn't tell us to uh, apologize. You didn't tell us to have some little amnesty. See, if you were continue to have been right, would you have come back and told us, see, you would have been gloating. But now that you're wrong and all of those goofy ass things that you did really didn't pan out to anything, right? Most of them didn't. Every now and then you might have somebody drop dead because they weren't two carts away or they walked up the aisle the wrong way. The arrows were pointing. Okay. And then somebody went, somebody went like this. As soon as that happened, they were like, probably never happened. <laughs> might, might've happened one or two times. But now you're now you're saying that people that are right are gloating and you're mad. See, this is what they're look. This this is a backhanded apology. <laughs> this is a backhanded apology. It says, in the face of so much uncertainty, getting something right had a heft element of luck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What kind of apology? This sounds like Hafiz giving his State of the Union apology. Well, you just got lucky. You were just lucky that you got right. So what was it when you were right? Well, well I, I just want to know. When you were right, when you felt you were right, what, what was it? Treating these choices as a scorecard on which some people rack up most more points than others is preventing us from moving forward. This is like when your wife cheats on you and comes back and says, let's have a clean slate. After she then messed up your whole damn family. Oh, I know I sent you to divorce court and I took the kids from you. Uh, let's let bygones be bygones. I love you. Mm. We have to put these, we have to put these fights aside and declare a pandemic amnesty. We can leave out the will for purveyors of actual misinformation, which is what? While forgiving the hard calls that people had no choice but to make with imperfect knowledge. The L.A. County closed its beaches in the summer of 2020. Ex post facto, this makes no sense. Then my family making uh, having mask hike trips. <laughs> OK, so let's go back. She's talking about when L.A. County and some of Orange County tried to do it and Orange County wasn't having it. They closed the beaches. You're outside. The wind is blowing this. And she's saying. People were getting arrested. People were getting arrested. People were getting harassed. People were getting yelled at. Remember, there were videos. People were trying to lay on the beach and Karens were coming out yelling at them. The police were sweeping people off the beach. And here she's gone. Oh, well, you know, well, looking back. We were wrong. So let's let bygones be bygones. <laughs> like, man, this is. This is insane. This article is crazy. But we need to learn from our mistakes and then let uh, and then let them go. We need to learn from our mistakes. Just let it go. We need to forgive the attacks, too. Nope. We need to forgive the attacks, too. All online, all on Facebook, all in all in the public, all in the court, um, all in the uh, grocery store. We need to forgive these people. Because I thought schools should reopen and argue that kids as a group were not high risk. I called a teacher a killer. 
I call I call I called a teacher killer and a genocide. I, there's a French word genocide area. I don't know what that means. It wasn't pleasant, but feelings were high. You understand. And I certainly do not uh, don't need to dissect and rehash that time for the rest of my days. Ah, eh, let's just forget it. Moving on is crucial now. Because the pandemic creates more problem than we still need to solve. Student test scores have shown historic declines, more so in math than in reading, and more so for students who were disadvantaged at the start. This is what we said. We need to collect data, experiment, and invest. Is high dosages of tutoring more or less cost-effective than extending school years? Why have some states remove, uh, recover faster than others? All right, so let me go down here. Let me skip that. Says right here, uh, many people have neglected their health care over the past several years. Yep, people got people didn't go to the dentist. People didn't go to the doctor. People that had cancer had to go and die. Notably, routine pokes rates for children are way down. Rather than debating the role that messaging about C-19 pokes had in this decline, we need to put all of our energy into bringing those rates back up. All right, let me let me skip down here. The standard saying is that those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. But dwelling on the mistakes of history can lead to a repetitive doom loop as well. Nope. Let's acknowledge that we made complicated choices in the face of deep uncertainty. And then to try to work together to build back and move forward. Let me just tell you something. This is the arrogance of this article. <laughs> this is absolute arrogance because you know good and damn well if they were the ones that came out on the right side of the information, they'd be still having people arrested. They'd be still kicking you out the school. They'd be still censoring you. They'd be still on Facebook gloating. But of course, they didn't come out right. Two years looking back, you were like, wow, did we really do that? Did we really do that to each other? Yes, we did. And now they don't want you to say nothing. I don't gloat. You're making me feel bad. This isn't this isn't necessary. Let's just move on and give what she deems as a pandemic amnesty. Let's just declare nobody was right. Nobody was wrong, even though you was right. But you weren't right for the right reasons. Mm. My opinion is this, and she even admits it. If we don't acknowledge our history, we're doomed to repeat it. And this is going to happen again if we don't hold people accountable for many of the things that we were forced to do or censored uh, because of. If we don't acknowledge that these people were treated unfairly, there are some people that uh, are now New York, I think, sanitation workers that now get to return back to work and get all of their back pay. Big case in New York that is going to hold precedent and have a triggering long-term effect that's going to have an effect on many people uh, nationwide because they're going to use that case to prove that people were either uh, forced to do something they didn't want to do, lost their job, chose to uh, go unemployed. People walked off their job and was like, nah. That case is going to trigger all the way across the country and as it should because we were right in the situation that what we were doing with lack of information, sometimes it's best to not overreact. And I think what I saw during that time where people were overreacting. And not only that, if you didn't overreact yourself, you were treated like a pariah. You were treated like the evil one. 
you were treated like you were completely wrong and baseless. You also said like the one young brother that just is a new subscriber. Well, my mama and sister died and that sucks, sucks for you and it sucks for a lot of people. But that wasn't the case for everybody. And that's I'm sorry, sad to say, but that wasn't the case for everybody. And people were keep saying, well, it's going to be the case for you. And it never turned out to be the case. So what do we do with these people? What do you do for people like me? I had a fitness brand and a business and a full book of clients that I lost. I was doing very well pre-pandemic. Then people started panicking. People started canceling. People started saying, okay, we'll wait till the gyms open back up. Gyms were closed. I couldn't get in the gyms. I couldn't conduct my business. I lost that business. And then luckily, luckily, I was able to transition it into YouTube. I lost half of my business, which means if I was to continue, I would have been back to where I was was when I started. And if that was my only business, I would have had to ramp it back up. After all the restrictions were lifted and not all the restrictions still haven't been lifted. So I still would be struggling right now. There's no such thing as a pandemic amnesty. What people need to do, he says, sucks for you. What people need to do is we need to hold these people accountable. Just like we were held accountable during the period where people were overreacting. I think people need to be held accountable for this. They need to be called out. There's no such thing we need to clean slate and just learn and move in and have a little kumbaya. He said they need to be punished. They need to be held accountable. And this article is written with so much arrogance that I can't even accept it as a realistic somewhat apology for acknowledging, yeah, maybe you were right. Because it's still uh, in a smug way tried to backhand you into agreeing to this amnesty and damaging kids and families and jobs and small businesses and opportunities for people and, and, and their jobs. Okay. Which is going to have a lasting effect. This is going to go affect us for 40 years going forward. Some more relationships, marriages, everybody lost for the two or three people that you knew that might've croaked. <laughs> okay. That's why I don't be like, Oh man, but what, what about the two people I knew that croaked? Okay, what about everybody else? That's the conversation that we need to have moving forward. That's the conversation that needs to be had. What about these kids that have been abused? That's the serious conversation because they got to live with that abuse until they're 60, 70, 80. For the next 50 years, they got to live with that abuse. They got to live with that lack of what? I think minorities overwhelmingly have been disadvantaged, especially young minorities. Young minorities. These people, man, y'all are behind in the game. And you could have ill afford to be behind. Where's the apology for that? None of them were dying. I mean, the likelihood of the, that they were dying was very low. The likelihood that they were going to get their grandmother sick and croak, very low. Sure, there was a couple of cases, but we already know it was very low. She, she admitted it in this article. So I'm using this article as the frame of information. She admitted it. She was like, she said it right there. She was like, young people weren't getting it. Young people weren't dying and they weren't transmitting it. Now we know that. Now what? Yeah. Anyway, there's more and more I could have put into this uh, particular article, but I just want to show you. I just want to show you. I was on this in 2020. I know there's a lot of new viewers. I was on this right at the rip. I was on this when I called it. I was like, this is not going to be good. We're going to do things that are going to damage us way long term. And we're going to then afterwards try to figure it out.
I was like, we can't afford that. Why don't we let these people live and these people go hide? That would have been the easiest solution. But no, even when we offered that the solution. And they were like, well, what about me? I want to go out to the grocery store. Okay, well, that's your choice. It's crazy. It's crazy, but I'm not accepting this type of apology. If people are going to use this as a frame of, hey, this is how we're going to get back together as a nation. This ain't it. This is not it. All right. There's up. There's a whole bunch of other ways we can do this. And if you want my suggestion on this, let me know. So anyway, Coastal Dom is back at it again. Shout out to Jack Vendetta. Accomplishing your goals feels better than any roar that you can bust in a woman. He says, I dropped my album today. He says, peace leave can't compete with this feeling. I know, man. I know young guys don't get this. All right. When, when you start achieving and succeeding and your plans start coming into fruition, fruition, nothing can beat it. And most of the time it's you prepare for this. I always tell people, go to Toastmasters. You wonder why a YouTuber is successful? It's normally the background work. I went to Toastmasters. I watched hours and hours of video editing videos. I watched hours and hours of uploading videos. Okay, it wasn't luck. I put in work, work, work. So whatever I make, I, it's probably a fourth of it is what I actually make because I put in the hours prior to that. When you get to the point where you start succeeding, it beats anything a woman can do. It beats anything. I'm sorry. I know people can't believe that. This is why then you start investing less and less in the women if you're still single because you're like, what is it worth? Like, why? I know people don't agree with pay for play or any of those type of weird dynamics where you're trying to distinguish relationships from marriage. No, it's not transactional. I can't believe people are still arguing this with me. And then when they argue with me, they end up agreeing with me. I'm like, it's all transactional. There's no such thing as a relationship where it's either uh, one sided or there's no transaction at all. So I know people aren't cool with it, but there's a group of men. That, that's the they like, man, it's so low that I'm not going to put in all these hours. I'm not going to do all that. <laughs> Forget all that. Super low. I'm like, man, no, no, no. I'm not going to cohabitate. No. Now, I, I'm in a different position than a lot of men. I get, I get orgasmic pleasures from succeeding, from pushing forward, from achieving my goals. And then for 15 minutes, if I want to roll around in somebody and celebrate, that's what I do. <laughs> Shout out to Henry Resilient. One million dollar policy cost me $77 a month. So shout out to the life insurance uh, payers here. $77 a month. It's a risk. It's a risk that you're investing in um, that comes to some $900 a year for 20 years. If you think that's a scam or something like that, if you think it is, I don't know what to tell you. But on the end of it, if you do this early enough and you croak, your descendants or whoever you want gets 200. Um, he gets a million dollars in this situation. They get a million. It's crazy. If you're single, do you need life insurance? That's a question you should ask your, your uh, life insurance agent. I, I can't answer that because maybe there's something you want to do. Maybe you have nieces, nephews. Uh, you know, maybe if you lose your life, mean, meaning takeoff, like takeoff was single. Takeoff was single. He lost his life. I mean, shit. He was worth how many millions of dollars? Why not kick an extra million in there for his descendants? He, somebody could get that money. 
<laughs> Somebody said, F my family. I get it. Hey, you don't got to leave nothing to nobody here. Uh, I get it. But uh, in terms of in terms of wealth in America, if you want to look at the white class, the, the quote unquote white class, the white class over the last 60, 70 years have benefited significantly from life insurance. And if you want to know the difference between net worth of minorities and whites, if we always want to compare those two, because that's what we seem to do in our country. If you want to know why whites are ahead, life insurance is one of the main reasons they're ahead. They're one of the main reasons. That's one of them. There's there's a mo there's a bunch of them, but you can say the lack of people in the hood or a black community that had life insurance versus the amount of whites that had it, that is a big separator. That's just free money, tax free to the next generation. Life insurance. I cannot undersell it. So let me see here. Somebody said the epic, the Atlantic article is epic gaslighting. Absolutely. Jack Vendetta, shout out to my favorite African-American here for the consistent motivation. Shout out to you, brother. Where, what's going on? Uh, look at my African-American over here. Look at him. Are you the greatest? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, shout out to Classy Beats. He says, this is why racism is lame and classism is supreme. Shaking my damn head. Yes, indeed. Yeah, the racism argument could be lifted really quick by life insurance, real estate. That could eliminate a lot of the issues. Joe Jones says, had to take HIV before life insurance would sign. Absolutely, yes. So they do want to see if you do have HIV and uh, 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 sexually transmitted disease, if you haven't gone through a life insurance policy check, they send nurses to your house. <laughs> <laughs> they send nurses well i don't know in my case they send nurses to my house two nurses came in one reading rainbow and one latina a thick latina almost a gordita and they came in and they gave me the once over they took blood damn near my whole damn dna <laughs> all right shout out to ms81 it's always good to know that since a teen i'm 41 that relationships between men and women were transactional I got I got to hear. I, I got to hear why relationships are not transactional. Like where? Lawar Moore, he says those Kayleys created a better looking community. They did though, yes. Because they get they, they get it in their head really quick that they're doing wrong. All right. They're like, maybe we shouldn't be out here with bats and rolling around in the dirt. Wow. Shout out to Bry Pass. Bry, the artist. He says Dilbert uh, cartoonist Scott Adams Adams. Scott Adams recently tweeted about marriage. He said, it doesn't matter who you pick. Marriage is a pre-internet, pre-equality system that no longer fits the modern world. I do, I do not have a better idea. Good time to introduce him to the free agent lifestyle. I'll try to retweet him. But people are coming to that conclusion. And I always say marriage is a cult now. Something that they keep trying to push people in into something that that is very risky. It's way riskier than it was before. And it doesn't benefit society as you would think it would in past times. In past times, we needed it. But now we have feminism, working women, and, and now we're trying to fit this old model into the new world. All right. New, 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 new world. Many people don't have a good idea. Like, what do we do? Okay. We have 304 culture out here. You got 304 culture. You have, uh, you have, 
slut maker culture. You have male virginity high, female virginity low. Uh, women looking for the super unicorn male. Men looking for virginous women. So they're not finding either, so they're staying single. Or if they marry, they just say starter husband shit, and then they back out of it within six to eight years. Now, I don't have all the solutions, but I didn't create the problem. I didn't start the fire. We didn't start the fire. Just remember that. But we're going to get the blame over here, you know. And it's all Jermaine's fault. It's always Jermaine's fault. Are there marriages that are going to happen? Yes. People keep saying, I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, but it's happening. Um, it's it's not happening more than than ever. There's no solution. Uh, Mr. Sor Sorley, Marty McSorley in the building. Babylon B funny article, the Galactic Empire requests amnesty for anyone who may have gotten carried away and blown up a planet. Shout out to you and shout out to the pure bloods. Ah, let's let that. <laughs> it's crazy. Amnesty for anyone who got carried away and blown up a planet. Yeah. Ah, we got carried away. Forgive us for the hell that we created on earth. Essentially, she admitted we created hell on earth. I don't want to hear people try to put words in my mouth. She literally said we fucked up. We were wrong. You were right. But you were right for the wrong. <laughs> Zero fallout. He says, I'm glad my job never really pressed me about that pokey poke. He says, I told my boss I would never take it. And and uh, I'm glad some people let people stand their ground because it was a long term. It's, it's like, come on, man. You can't force people to do it. And now people are saying nobody forced people to do it. Bruh. Like where, like what world do you live in, bro? Like where were you at? Jose V, uh, VP Harris announces the 13 BN in assistance to cover energy costs. Shaking my damn head. All right, that I don't know what's going on there, but Vice President Harris is just reading from a script. So I don't know if she announced anything. Avery says, coach, most Jamaicans don't work hard living in Jamaica. But when they go foreign and realize how tough it is, wait, he says they will work two or three jobs out of necessity. Also, a lot of Jamaicans have the mentality that nothing in, is in Jamaica. So their goal is to get out and go to preferably America for opportunities. That's why a lot of females here get human and sex traffic easier because they're desperate. Even my ex had the same mentality. A Jamaican's goal is to go build the white man's country <laughs> and come out here and hype instead of giving back the knowledge or help their immediate family like brothers and sisters. They're not obligated to help anyone. However, I see them coming together to pay for expensive funerals instead of helping to get to give the person opportunities when they are alive. He's saying they're hypocrites. By the way, he is in Jamaica. All right. So he's speaking about his people. Maybe some information we don't know. All right. Appreciate you for sharing that. He's got some words for his folk. <laughs> All right. We got three more. We're going to get on with the show. A.D. Austin, the reporting of child abuse was down at alarming rates. Teachers are integral in abuse reporting. Mm. So you're saying they, oh, okay. So, yeah, so I, I get it. Since they weren't at school, no one was helping report the cases of child abuse. So that's going to be interesting now that the kids are back in school. 
Are they going to hear of cases where the abuse has been there? Are they are the reports going to be higher? That's interesting. Shout out to no government name in the building. He says, I'm happily married with a wonderful wife and three kids. She's very cool with me going to the junior college and having women overseas. Price is right for you. And he says, P.S. She loves your show. Shout out to the ladies. Shout out to the ladies that love the show. Shout out to the wives that watch me. All right. Make sure you get permission from your husband. Um, as it should be, I don't think monogamy is going to be a system that works unless unless we have a world war. SAU says, Co I can't say that, but see, see, you know what is a lie. He says, and it's served only for people to show their true colors. I That's what I was saying, too. I was like, we're going to see people's true colors. Um, historically, you're going to do. I was saying the same thing. He says they thought I was done and portrayed me, but I was resilient. And now they're trying to shuffle back to me. Sorry. No, F them. Okay, what about the families that uh, you couldn't have Christmas? And remember that they were doing no Christmas, only two visitors for Christmas. Remember that? They want to try to make you forget all that. You have family members basically was like, they had a baby. You couldn't even go see the baby. Oh, no, you you ain't wearing your mask. You got the. Remember, that they do. They, they know you people have a short memory. I got a long memory. I remember all the stuff. And I took notes. I use, I was even telling people, Take notes of everything you're experiencing. I was like, because you're going to forget. You're going to forget how crazy people got. You're going to forget it. Uh, remember, people, men were losing custody of their children. And women were losing custody of their children because the other parent dragged them into family court and said they're anti-poke. Remember that? Do y'all remember that? I was reporting all of these stories in 2020 and 2021. I was like, dude, they're people lost custody. Now let's reverse the custody order. Good luck with that. Now that we have this amnesty, can we reverse the custody order? Nope. I remember all of that. I am not forgetting. <laughs> all right. Uh, shout out to last one. Jeep ZJ. He says CGA for life. And I was worried, and, and the stress for me and the anxiety for me, because my ex was tripping, right, the, way before the C-19. So I was like, she's going to use any one of these cases to try to flip custody. And, of course, the stress and anxiety created that ended up being the situation that was eventually created. It was like doomsday for a lot of families that were already at each other's neck. It just gave them another thing to throw up there and ruin a parentage. Um. A parentage. Here we go. Are men following the formula of failure? Let's just give you a quick five-minute scenario of what you might be doing that is going to lead to failure. Number one, okay, a couple of things that you need, a couple of qualities that you need in order to get yourself out of the formula of failure, like looking for a quick buck, looking for instant success. Waiting into your 30s and 40s to become who you are. Not transmuting your sexual energy, which is vital and powerful, according to Napoleon Hill. It's your life force. Trading your time for doing something like getting success with women when you were thinking at, at some particular point it's not going to be that successful in the long term. It's not going to be that big of an endeavor. It's going to be much more easier. Okay? You don't have a standard going forward. I always tell you guys, have a philosophy. My philosophy is the free agent lifestyle. If anybody want to know my philosophy, my standard, my handbook, my manifesto. 
I can always lean on it and say, I wrote the free agent lifestyle. That's where I live. If you want to know about me, read the book. Don't infer. Don't suggest. Don't imply. Don't say straw man wise. So you're saying, no, that's my manifesto. That's my philosophy. Those are my standards. This is what I live by. You should have that. Whether you publish it or not. Okay. People that have been successful in their life have had a standard. The standard doesn't have to have mass appeal. Not everybody has to agree with your standard. Most people will find your standards reprehensible because they don't agree to it. Because most people are lazy. Most people aren't willing to do what they need to do to get ahead. So they will look at your standard and think you're in the wrong, but they continue to fail and you continue to succeed. The next thing you have to do is not go for what's easy. Many people choose a degree because it's easy and they find out in the long term it didn't benefit them. Didn't benefit them. People go to jobs because they're easier. And then they realize they run into the glass ceiling. Oh, I'm comfortable. It's good. Air conditioning. I like my employees. I drank the Kool-Aid. Then you run into not being able to push forward. And then long term, it's a, it's a failure. That's the formula for, for, fail, for failure. People don't want to become entrepreneurs. They don't want to do what it takes. They want to be one, but they don't want to do what it takes. They don't want to risk. They don't want to sacrifice. They want to maintain their current state of lifestyle. People don't want to go. They want to go for what's easy when it comes to women. They want to do what's easy. It's easy to have somebody fall in love with me and deal with hope and just hope it works. Guys, that's not easy. How does that working out for you? Go look at your worksheet. Okay. All right. You're distracted for years. You remain distracted for years. Um, you're afraid to uh, delete your Facebook or at least give your Facebook arrest or your Instagram arrest thinking you're going to miss something. Oftentimes you've missed nothing. Nothing. Most of the time, it gave you clarity and vision to do what you needed to do. That's a formula of success. We know that the Apple, uh, Steve Jobs, wouldn't even let their kids, his kids, even touch a smartphone because he knew how much of a danger it would be. You have China promoting TikTok, their version of TikTok, giving their kids positivity while you're getting softcore prawn, if not all-out prawn, in America, which is the Trojan horse. A lot of people are looking for shortcuts. Okay, You're looking for shortcuts. All right, meaning you don't want to put in 90 days worth of work to get the positive result. In my book, The Free Agent Lifestyle, in my manifesto, in my philosophy, in my standard booklet, it says commit to 90 days consecutively of consistency and you'll start to change habits and you'll notice a pattern of you pushing towards success more than failure. Okay, that's, that's the basic principles of breaking bad habits and leaving vices alone. When you have that 90-day commitment, you get rid of all your vices. You get rid of sex. Coach, what about love and, and sex? That becomes ill important because later on in the long term, you'll be able to have more access to real love and real sex than you did when you were struggling before you made your 90-day commitment. In the book, towards the end, I talk about this 90-day commitment. That's the formula of success. Many people aren't willing to sacrifice. Okay, so a lot of people aren't willing to learn from each other. They are not willing to learn from each other. Okay, so we got a lot of great people who support this message. They're willing to learn from me. They don't look at a person. Oh, you short, you're ugly, you're black, um, you're gray beard, you're old. People want to reinvent the wheel. Guys, this wheel, this wheel does not need to be reinvented. People have had a formula of success and it has worked for a long ass time. It's worked for a long ass time. But what we do is we try to do everything different. Oh, I'm a single mother. Oh, I'm a, uh, I'll, I'll just have babies all over the country out of wedlock. 
Um, but we'll still, be, we'll still be successful. And then you wonder why you and everybody around you have done that repeatedly and they're not successful. Does it work for some? Yes, and that's the problem. It works for some, and then you hope to press your luck that it works for you. Odds are it won't. Many kids that are raised in single-parent households alone, if you just use that as a standard, are relatively failures. They're relative failures. Every now and then, somebody will go to the Ivy League, and the single mother will hold herself up as the queen of success, and then she will demonize the father when the kids fail. Just because some people succeed at it doesn't mean it works for everybody. Most people fail at it because you're following a formula of failure and you're replicating it. You're, you're keeping it in a cycle. And that cycle is a lack of discipline. You don't have the discipline it takes to follow the path. You want to take the shortcut. And then because you lack discipline, you then start begging other people to take care of you or you start all out hating or becoming jealous of people that did the 90-day commitment or they invested in themselves and reinvested, or they sacrificed. One of the things you see about successful people is you don't notice the sacrifice that they make. I actually going to reframe this. This guy actually said, there's a guy actually said, that's a big person that many men follow. Oh, I can't afford to hire a video editor. Whose fault is that? That's your fault. Everybody can afford it. In the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, people say, uh, uh, he said, Robert Kiyosaki said, the, the, the failure mindset is when a person says, I can't afford it. The successful mindset person will say, how can I afford it? See, when a person makes the sacrifice to do something like that, to hire them, doesn't mean they have the extra resources. It means they made sacrifices to make it work, and it worked for them. You weren't willing to make the sacrifice to make it work for you, and you chose a wife and not a life, and you have kids, and you're beholden to Now you can't make the sacrifice. So that's your fault. It's not the other person's fault that made the sacrifice. And you didn't see them make a sacrifice. You thought they were just sitting on extra money. No, I chose. Maybe I won't do this. Maybe I won't do that. And then it worked for me. Or I broke even. But saying that somebody had an opportunity and you don't have an opportunity, therefore they're cheating the system or they're lucky or they're a um, um they're a grifter, but you don't take the risk is your fault. It's not the other person's fault. You don't know what they sacrifice or risk. You don't know what they did in terms of discipline. A lot of times a person will risk their own health and their own life to make a sacrifice, to make something work. And then when it works, everybody will say they're lucky or they're it's because they're white or because they're black or because they're no. I went to Toastmaster class every Monday for about two years. I missed out on opportunities. I missed out on um, income. I missed out on dates. And I went to the class and I missed almost none. And I, I missed Monday night footballs. I missed the national championship game when Villanova hit the half court, the three-point shot to win it. I missed the game and I surely wanted to see it. And then I had to look, oh, damn, what happened? I missed it. Why? Because I knew this was going to pay it forward. I was paying it forward. But no, y'all wanted to go out there and chase ass, right? Y'all wanted to do all that shit. And then you mad that a person that actually now is taking that, those experiences and made himself better, that now you mad that they on top. No, man, dude, we sacrificed. I had to do it.
The, the meeting was on Monday. That was the group I committed to. And I went and I missed opportunities and dates and games. And I missed all kinds of shit. But people don't see where you're sacrificing. They just see where the success is. The truth about success and the truth about failure is this. The people that are successful, you don't know what they did to get there. You don't know what they risked. You know, I risk relationships with my families to do this. Family members. I risk, I risk relationships with my children, my ex, my mother, my family members, extended family, and so forth and so on. I've lost friendships over this shit. All of that. All of that. But you sitting over there trying to be mad and jealous and hating and thinking people are going to live the boring ass life that you want to live because you are afraid to take the risk. That's the formula for failure. You should be inspired by the people that sacrifice and risk and make it to the top. Most everybody that made it to the top, they made it simply because they were willing to reinvest in themselves. They were willing to risk. They were willing to have discipline. They were really to be patient and write their manifesto or their philosophy down. Most people don't even do that. And I've talked about this over and over again. You still haven't bought a calendar book. You still haven't invested in anything that I talked about. You still haven't bought my book. You still haven't bought anybody's book. You haven't read the books that I told you were free on the internet. You haven't downloaded my free book, 52 Things. You've done nothing. And in two or three years listening to me, you ended up in the same spot. See, I'm looking at it as life is like a target, right? The target logo, look at the target logo. The people on the outside perimeter, the majority of people are going to do nothing and ain't going to be nothing. Because they're living the same day over and over. The people, as you get closer and closer to the inside, the smaller center of the target, those are the people who invested. Those are the people who sacrificed and risked. They didn't chase ass, and they didn't put ass over everything else. Okay? They didn't go out there. Some of them married. Some of them didn't get married. But that's the reality of it. Let me, let me get into this right here and show you what's going on. Show you what's going on. Let's give you some facts here. 28 millionaire statistics. What percentage of Americans are millionaires? You want to hear some sacrifice right here? All right. The total number of millionaires in the United States, 20 million of the 360 million people, 20 million. There's enough money to go around. Okay. Uh, 788 billionaires. Very, very, very tough place. And then you got um, millionaire households, 323,000 millionaire households in New Jersey alone, 76 percent of u.s millionaires are white that gives you a 24 percent chance uh, of being a millionaire outside of white folk here in america new york is a city that has the biggest con concentration of ultra rich millionaires okay in the united states millennial millionaires own on average of three properties in their real estate portfolio worth 1.4 million dollars how do you build your net worth it's going to be through owning insurance policies land it's not going to be owning Bugattis, or it's not going to be owning foreign cars. I own a foreign car. We talk about risk. We talk about asset versus liability. It's an asset only because it's worth more than I bought it for at the current moment. But it's an extreme liability when you talk about maintenance, wear and tear, and so forth and so on. Right. Uh, most of the time, if one thing goes out, it's going to cost me thousands of dollars. Okay. So never feel like you're missing out. Forty-four percent of U.S.-based millennial millionaires live in California. All right, so if you want to be more successful at it, 
odds are you might want to go to California. Okay, they hold the condensed more for millennials, millionaires, but take it for what it's worth. We don't know if that's net, if that's uh, net worth. We don't know what that is. And by the way, uh, living in California will do one thing. It'll either kill your spirit or it'll make you drive hard, all right, and get your hustle on. I was lived in California for over 30 years. It makes you a hustler or it actually makes you a damn leech. Because there's a lot of people in California ain't doing shit and they ain't about shit, all right? And they don't belong in California. They need to be in New Mexico somewhere, living the way they live, all right? But um, California is for the hustlers. If you want to move to California, northern or southern, do not take your your, your normal ass out there, okay? You got to be on your horse, on your grind. You got to be getting after it. You got to be cleaning up. And I can see people who from Cali, all right, and I see they hustle. When you see a hustler, they probably from New York or California for sure, all right? Don't tell me Miami. Most of them people ain't hustling. They, they hustling somebody else. <laughs> all right, oh, I can't say it. I can't say it, but new, 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 new world order. 43% of the world's wealth is con- controlled by 1% of the population. Sheesh. 1% of the population. This is where you get into the elites. And by the way, if you think the elites feel sorry for you, think again. They don't care about you. They don't care about you. How many U.S. millionaires households are there? We already went over that. What, percent of, uh, what percentage of millionaires inherited their wealth? Only 20%. So we talked about passing stuff down, but only 20%. This is according to Ramsey Solutions. Only 20% of millionaires inherited their riches. Most of them are self-made. 80% self-made millionaires. First-generation millionaires. According to this stat right here so you better get on your grind sure could you invest thousands into become a millionaire yes so land um life insurance those are hundreds of thousand dollars that i can invest and become a millionaire so that's passed down okay uh how many multimillionaires in the united states here we already covered that (laughs) congress is where you become a millionaire obviously what are the average age of millionaires Uh uh-oh This is going to change, though, in the next 10 years. The average age of millionaire is age 62. Hope you guys can see this. Let's get this bigger. The average age of a U.S. millionaire is age 62. Which means to say, which means to say, millionaires are made over time. Some millionaires get lucky. Yeah, you can duck a basketball, run a football, pass a goal line. Millionaires are made quickly when you're young, but not many of them. It's a small percentage of young millionaires. But there are people that can take steps to become a millionaire if that's what you want to become. Average age, 62. Most of it probably, they're not flashy. They worked hard. They sacrificed. Many of them were married. Many of them just plugged and plugged away. Many of them had a belief system. They got there. Most of them aren't flashy. About 38% of U.S. millionaires are over the age of 65, which makes them the largest sector of millionaires. If women are looking for millionaires at age 30 and all of that stuff, they're looking for the unicorn. Only 1% are below age 35. There's some millionaires that are teachers. Both the people were two teachers and they're millionaires. They're worth millions. She's looking for the 1% man. A woman that looks for a man under 35 that's a millionaire, she's desperate 
Most of them are delusional. Millionaires on the West Coast are slightly older as well. Okay, doesn't mean you can't become a millionaire at 35. We're just telling you what the statistics are. Percentage of millionaires by race. Don't get discouraged by this. 76% are white. Black Americans and Asian millionaires account for just 8%. Hispanics make up 7% of total millionaires. All right, and again, you don't have to be a millionaire. We're not telling you to be a millionaire. We're just giving you statistics here. Some people don't need to become a millionaire. You're a single man. You're like, I don't need a million. What's the average age of billionaires? Age 65. Age 65. So our women are saying they got men that got the bag. Guess what? They got an old ass man. Or they're sharing a young man. Only 46% became billionaires before the age of 40. Okay, Only 46% became Okay. What is the average millennial millionaire net worth? There are 618,000 millennial millionaires in the United States, and 93% of them have a net uh, worth of one to $2.4 million. The boomer generation was the richest generation in the history of the United States. They are leaving piles of wealth to their Generation X and millennial descendants. However, many of these millennials are earning good money as well by themselves. 40-something percent, no. 52% of millennials still live with their parents, but some millennials are killing it out here. We need to keep them in perspective. All right, what percentage of U.S. wealth is managed by millionaires? Okay, what? Okay, here we go right here. What state has the highest population of millionaires? New Jersey. It says hold the top spot from Maryland when it was uh comes to per capita. All right, per capita. Hmm. New Jersey. Most of them people work in New York. Shout out to them. Yeah, it says right there, there are 323,000 millionaire households in New Jersey thanks to its proximity to the Big Apple. Yeah, many of them probably work in New York. Which state has the highest number of billionaires? California. That's not a surprise there. Where do millionaires invest their money? Listen, investing in real estate. Investing in real estate is still the most popular of all millionaire investors spending choices for over 200 years, approximately 90% of the global millionaires have been spending their fortunes on real estate investment. This trend tends uh, is expected to grow. So it's not, um, not necessarily the market or crypto. There have been people that become millionaires. It's real estate is the top dog. Real estate is it. Okay. So uh, it's a gamble. You guys will say, well, you don't believe in buying houses. I didn't say buy a house. You can buy commercial land. You can buy industrial land. You can buy land in general. Uh, getting involved in real estate does not mean you bought a house. Some people buy houses in terms of making them um, uh, passive income sources, passive income sources. But real estate does not mean house. Just remember that. You can buy it. Yes, you can get into a real estate uh, investment trust, a REIT, R-E-I-T, real, real estate investment trust. That's that's not buying a house, but you can earn. Uh, it, it's all risk reward. You gotta you gotta you gotta search. Um, I think in the money mindset, we went over the difference between a REIT, what you get in investing in actual property and becoming a landlord. Okay, and there's two different philosophies. There's give and take. There's pros and cons to both of them. There's no perfect solution. You got to figure out what's the solution for you. What do you want from your real estate? Do you want to be replacing water heaters? Do you want to be finding tenants? 
every year to six months? Do you want to be kicking tenants out and, and executing eviction notices? Or do you want to just say passively, I will invest in an investment trust related to real estate and I'll collect a, a slimmer margin. I'll collect less, but I'll have less of the headache. Hmm? Um, you got to think about that. And not only that, their foreigners are coming over here buying up land left and right. Not only foreigners, but Bill Gates and um, and all of them are buying up land, too. So it's something that you want to consider. How many properties on average does the average millionaire own? Um, it says one house. Majority of them own one, 20 percent own two, 8 percent own five or more. So less people have the multiple home solution as a um a real estate source so not everybody wants the airbnb but there's a small percentage of people that do let me give you a couple more how many new millionaires were added in 2020 it says right there uh two point this is what we're talking about in this in this recession this is where the millionaires are going to be made so we were in a recession april 2020 from mid 2019 i'm sorry from 2019 to mid 2020 there were 2.2 million New millionaires at a time where people were struggling. At a time where people were struggling, many more people got rich. This is the game. So when we talk about doom or gloom, now we're saying, of course, there was going to be doom and gloom. But now there's opportunity out here. That's my philosophy on the doom and gloom philosophy. Not, oh, damn, it's burning. Okay, where's the opportunity going to be? Okay, let's see here. Which state has the most millennial millionaires? California. Okay, there you go. And then let me name the other states. New York. And uh, we all kind of knew that. Okay, here. How many more millionaires are there in the world? What percentage of world? Okay, here we go. Let me see if I can give you one more. Nope, I can't give you one more. That's that. Okay, uh, we're almost ready. Yep, two hour and 21 minute alert. Let me do the let me do the support, then we'll come back and do the last story. Which we're gonna talk about. The last story is gonna be um your workout journey. Can you squat this thick queen? And we're gonna show you a Floyd Mayweather video that's quite interesting for you short kings out there. All right, shout out to Half Space World Travel. These old millionaires smashing our future wives. You let's not have that conversation today. Because the sad part is old men, especially when you talk about California and New York, where the, 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 the concentration of millionaires are there. I'm just telling you, if you live on those coasts, not all young women, many young women are getting smashed by old men right now. Miami. But if you don't think so, maybe if you live in, you know, you live in Boise, Idaho or or um, Des Moines, Iowa, and we talk about this idea of older men, younger women. Yeah, in your neighborhood, younger women don't want older men because those older men don't look like, okay, yeah, what am I getting? But trust me, Miami Beach, South Beach, um, and um, downtown, damn, I can't think of the name. I was just there. And um, Orange County, Newport Beach, Seal Beach, Manhattan Beach, <laughs> uh, Marina Del Rey, and New York, Manhattan, 
in the um in the freaking uh, Martha's Vineyard brick yeah downtown Brickle downtown Brickle trust me older men are getting laid brother by young girls they're, they're getting it and they're getting it they're getting it they're, they're getting your hottest chicks are they getting all of the hottest chicks no are they getting are all the hot chicks doing this no but trust me I've seen it live in a living color I lived in Newport Beach <laughs> and dudes with boats they become Mr. White Wolf and some of the hottest women you lust after got older dudes Atlanta I'm going to throw Atlanta in there. Atlanta. Um, trying to think, man. And these are the places where you see the hottest young women. All right. Cocoa Beach. I mean, just think of where your boy Epstein was. He was got he was doing them really young. All right. He was getting them. He said this ninja nasty. It's uh many places in Colorado. North, he said North Dallas too. Yes, North Dallas. I've been out there. It is. You're not seeing it, brothers. You're not seeing it. And again, you're it's one of those things that once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, the women in Colombia, Thailand, trust me, I've seen it in Dominican Republic. I've seen them European dudes. I see them dudes go over there, them young Dominican girls with the older. And many cultures don't care about that type of thing, right? Our culture is very particular about it. But his point is, what was your point? <laughs> the point is, these old millionaires smashing your future wives. And if you don't want to live in that truth, I'm sorry to tell you, okay? I'm sorry to tell you. And to be fair, think about what it takes. What you think you would not pay, an older dude that got money, it's like a drop in the bucket. It's literally like $5 to them. He says, I'll wait my turn. It's literally like $5 to them. It's the equivalent of $5 to you. It's equivalent of. And just to entertain a woman like this, trust. now I'm in Vegas, I hear stories that women tell me. I'll be like, what? Women be like, yep, I got invited to this suite via a message on this app, a DM, a seeking app, and they showed up to the suite and it was an orgy in there. They got somebody put $500, $700 in their hand, and they went in there. What percentage of women doing this? I can't tell you, but it's enough to mess up the marketplace. And they got fed, and they got walked around the casino in a big group of women with the Las Vegas dress on. They went to the restaurant. They all sat at the table. They ate good like kings, and there was a dude up there with a fat belly, his hand sitting up there like this. Checking up on the girls. Hey, y'all eating good? Okay, good. Glad. I'm glad y'all had a good time. Then your girl went home, text you, I'm tired, good night. Or the next morning, text you, sorry, I fell asleep. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a nut house out here. So until you find out and see it in real time, you don't believe me. And all work. Yes, all were good-looking women. Uh, we we talk about the nightclub. Um, we talk about parties where there's recording artists, and the woman says, "Oh, I bumped into Drake. I bumped into this R&B singer." I did, did, did. How did they do it? They got dressed up. They played the part. They got into the club. They had a couple of drinks. 
Why do you think normal women can be bumping up until these celebrities and rich man all the time? And you never. How many times? How many times have you ever bumped into a wealthy person, a sports star, celebrity, a CEO as a male? These girls stand out in the nightclub. They go out to the downtown bars, the rooftop bars in Los Angeles. All they got to do is show up. And if they fit the bill, they get in. And once they get in, they get an opportunity. Some take it, some don't. Okay. Now, and for the rest of middle America, I can't speak for you, but some of your young girls are doing something with old man. We talked about that, that, that guy in Milwaukee, that old man, he was 51, 52. Well, old, right? He was 51, 52 with a 20 year old straggle. And he had to cut her oxygen off because she tried to tell his tell on him uh, with the wife. So that's another situation. No, no, that ain't happening. There's a situation right there. Is that happening a lot? No, we, we, I don't. I can't tell you how much it is. But if you live in a place where the there's a high concentration of millionaires, trust me, there's a high concentration of young women going on boats, going up to roof. They're, they're going up to uh, flats in Manhattan. They're going on yachts. They're going on the river canals. <laughs> high concentration. They're going up to suites, hotel suites in Las Vegas. Anyway, shout out to you for that. Some people, some people don't know about that world. They're they're doing it. Shout out to Mr. Bryce. He says, Coach, I have a $100,000 life insurance policy. I'm single, but leaving it to my brother for when I croak and told him to throw a hella big party with an open bar and big cigars. He says, I'm only 36 years old, but you never know. He says, I got 100K when my mama died. And I'm debt-free thanks to her. Wow, dude, I tell you, brothers. You better listen. So that's a that's an example of life insurance working out. His mom died, left him 100K. He realized, damn, that's a big thing. You know, mom croaked and I got paid. Thanks, mom. <laughs> and then now he's like, let me leave behind for my brother uh, so my brother can get, get something. Maybe he can go get some get some white wolf out there. That's the world we live in. Shout out to you. Thanks for sharing that story. Uh, super chat time. Shout out to Mr. DG. He says that amnesty article is reminiscent of people in the Bush administration claiming they didn't have all the information, but still going into Iraq and admitting afterwards that there were no wrong about weapons of mass destruction. Yep, that was the same thing. Oh, well, we didn't know. Just man, let bygones be bygones. Then all of a sudden, Saddam Hussein swinging from a rope. And then the rumor was, hey, I had to pay him back for what he did to my daddy. Like, what? Mm. <laughs> all right, crazy, right? Shout out to our, but, but they opened up a great infrastructure and opportunities to invest in Iraq. That was the other thing, right? So a lot of people got to go into there in the early infrastructure of a no democratic, whatever they created in Iraq, and they made money. Hey, it is what it is, man. Always follow the money. Always follow the money. Where are we at here? Shout out to Robert D. Thank you, brother. T-Mon Jr., coach or cameraman. Um, always does a fantastic job with your promos. He says, any idea where you can uh, go to learn cinematography skills? Also, shout out to Estelle. Shout out to Estelle. Uh, somebody says, you mean oil? Oil too, right? Uh, but... um. My cameraman sometimes is my son. 
All right, my son is going to be a big part of my business. Um, you know, going forward, it's going to be Sanford and son, Adams and son. My son is definitely a, a learner and he likes my hustle and all of that stuff. And he wants to be in on what we're doing here for the next 10, 12, 40 years of my life. Right. He's like, I want to learn. I want to be a part of it. And um, sometimes he helps me out. I give him direction and uh, he's very good. Sometimes he built my whole my son built my whole uh, computer setup. And he said all of this, like he, he did all of that stuff. He's very good and knowledgeable and all of that stuff. And he's willing to learn and be trained on what I know. And he's willing to, you know, teach me what I know. Uh, to teach me what he knows. But uh, sometimes I do have a videographer as well that uh, I have a young woman here. She's in Vegas, in the Vegas area. And she helps me put together my vlogs of, as of recent. And that's another investment that I chose to make with some money that I had that some of those videos did well, and I got paid back for it. I got paid back for it. See, that's an opportunity there because I was like, should I spend that much on her? I was like, eh, I could have not done it. But I could have not made the money back. I could have not made over an abundance of the money back. The first video she did, the first video that I hired the videographer, and I was like, eh, I think the video did like 70,000 views. It's not a Kaylee. It's a Ling Ling, right? It's a Ling Ling. It's a young Asian chick. Let me see something here. And no, I ain't hitting it. I separate business from pleasure with her. Yes. <laughs> I'm not hitting that. What did that video do? It did significant views. All right. I think I made a good little chunk of that money back, but it was a risk. It did 66K. And so that was her first video out of the box. So she was running around here like, oh, I'm the superstar. She was like, shit, my first di video did 66. He says, I would be hitting it. Nah. Not me. <laughs> All right, anyway. It did 66, gave you first video back. Uh, so I didn't make money back on her, but that was an investment. And I was like, okay, maybe over the long term, that might work out. It's a gamble. I could have done something else with the money. I could have done something else with it. But I did it. And I was like, let me invest in this type of thing. Oh, now I'm grifting. You see what I'm talking about? You can't win with a loser's mentality. But I made the sacrifice and the risk. So anyway. Uh, Crypto Keeper, he says, would it be too much to have a classism stream, a.k.a. where people belong based on different factors? Is that something you can do, by the way? I'm on Patreon. Shout out to you. Thank you, man. Um, I could do that. I, I won't bring race into it, though. But we kind of already practice classism in America. We just don't admit it. And this is where the problem is. Because we admit we don't. We live in a classless society. But we have class warfare going on all the time. Uh, what happens is in a class society, you have the people at the bottom who scare the piss out of people in the middle. People in the middle look to get to the upper middle class and they scratch and claw and they do things opposite that will get you there. They have a formula of a, a failure. OK, so they're basically on a hamster wheel to try to keep themselves from falling into the pit of poverty. All right. So they do things like work two full time jobs. That's what that's what a that's what a middle class person will do to try to attain the position of upper middle class. It, it almost rarely works. They just basically outwork themselves. They lose their health. Um, they lose their vitality. They don't come up with ideas. 
They just say, I'm going to get two full-time jobs and make it work. Now, most of the people can't keep that up. <laughs> like, you can't keep that up. And so what's going to happen is you're going to work yourself to death before you get to upper middle class. What you need to get to upper middle class is an idea. You need uh, you need to, sac- you need to um, reinvest in the idea that you have and make that either passive, a second source of income where you can hire other per- people to do the job, right? Like a YouTube channel would be that just because I'm doing it. And that's something that has what? Characteristics of passive income, compound interest, and or um and or uh the r word which is um uh, residual residual all right okay it's residual compound and passive that's the way you get to upper middle class so opening a business a dry cleaner a donut stop store okay or a youtube channel or making some music writing a book doing some drops these are all residual passive or compound things that over a short period of time Bumps you up to upper middle class. Thank you, uh, Richard Roy. Residual. So those are the things that get you over, but most people don't want to risk that, right? Oh, I don't want to go on YouTube. I'm not too showy-offy. I don't want to show off. I don't want to piss off my aunt. I don't want to piss off my cousin. Man, screw them. <laughs> yeah, car wash, ATM machines. These are residual, passive, um, investing in land, property, selling, doing a sales job on the side of your regular nine-to-five those are things that get you up, right? And then also a lot of uh, a lot of middle class people, they choose a middle class lifestyle that will prevent them many times if they have a poor mindset mate, it will prevent you from being upper middle class. Like so you want to take a risk. you want to do something residual. You want to do something that has residual or passive income. You tell your partner, this is what we're gonna do in addition to our two jobs. That damn partner gonna talk them out of doing it and they will be forever in middle class if not draw into poverty when the inflation kicks in that that partner is going to say yeah food truck is an example of that you work on and then saturday and sunday you put the, but that but that partner is going to say you don't have time to do that you need to go get a second job and then they're going to get divorced right uh middle class people and upper middle class people get divorced and they cut their possibility of becoming wealthy so upper middle class and middle class people decapitate each other by divorce. They're the biggest population of people get divorced. And middle class people decapitate their future earnings by selfish relationships. All, all this hope strategy bullshit. The middle class is the dwellings of the hope strategies. You guys just sit up though. I hope I get a marriage and fall in love and blah, blah, blah. And then it don't work. And you guys cut each other off of wealth forever. Through divorce. You ain't never getting to the upper middle class unless one of the people from the divorce hits. And then that one person will get to the upper middle class. Meanwhile, the other person will dwell in poverty within 10 to 15 years. It's simple. It's simple. And then the upper class is all trying to be doing whatever the, the, the rich class is doing, the elites. So the whole thing about the upper middle class is they're going to do things that are trying to get the, to, to elite status. Many of them will pass through. Many of them will uh, get sucked into the middle class through due, due to um, either divorce or some sort of mishap, a medical emergency. Something will get them sucked back into middle class. Inflation, a bad recession. They took on too much upper middle class people do shit like have 
25 properties that are Airbnb or they bought 25 properties in Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale or somewhere place, middle of Arizona, and it all goes under and tanks. All right. Then they drop their bath back out to the middle class. All right. But many times those people do achieve to the elite class. Top 20 percent, top 15 percent, top 10 percent. And then the wealth class, those people are going to fight tooth and nail to never drop back into the upper middle class, the middle class, or poverty. And they're going to fight you tooth and nail. (laughs) Right? They're going to fight you tooth and nail. And their whole mindset is to not let you get what they want to get their hands on. And by the time you figure out what they're doing, it's too late. Where are we at here? Let's catch up. Uh, Tony Johnson, good morning, coach. I sent you a message before, not sure if you got it, but in regards to the small minds hating on you, remember, uh, you know you're um, over the target when you start to receive the flack. Yep. Again, I always try to tell people, but again, these things that I tell people about reinvesting, sacrificing, risking, that falls on deaf ears. They never hear it. They never hear it, nor do they intend to. Remember, I told you, jealous people never intend to understand you. Their whole intention is to not understand you. I don't care what you say. You're this, and they want to label you, but that means you're making it. Shout out to speaking my mind. I got investments in Fundrise, Gladstone, and FPI, also the Geo Group for prisons. Those are all REITs. I believe Fundrise is a, a real, investment, real estate investment trust. I am over there. But uh, I believe that's what that is. So that's his example of getting into real estate. The quantum, the order of God sermon and the order of man sermon was straight fire. You should get a gospel organ sound effect. And for the next time you get one of those sermons, preach on brother. Thank you, man. Pimp Skywalker. Will you do another veteran day call in show? Last show was fire and deserves a part two. Yeah, veteran day is coming up. I think it's November something next week. And by the way, daylight saving time ends. It's going to mess up your whole damn system this weekend. It's going to be lighter in the morning, darker in the evening. It's going to mess you up. 4.30, 4.45, shit's going to be dark. All right, Ninja's going to start doing the stick-ups an hour earlier, okay? Anyway, shout out to JC. He says, if Brady can't save a marriage, no man has a chance. Brady got a divorce because he wanted to keep his job. You can't make this ish up. November 11th is always Veterans Day. Is that a Monday? Is that a Monday? Hmm. Maybe a Friday. I think it's a Friday. All right. I got KW, and then we're going to give you the last episode here. KW says, best thing about C19 is not going to the office. I discovered the coach gang, and I am looking to start my business. Shout out to you. Uh, The pandemic was great for content creators, by the way. If you were making content, uh, Kevin Samuels blew up. He came from the Black Manosphere sector. And then he came from the red pill. He kind of combined it up. And he hovered around, hovered around, hovered around long enough to hit at the perfect time. <laughs> right? That's an example of perseverance. If anything, you can always learn from someone. Kevin Samuels is an example of perseverance and being in the right place at the right time. Okay. So um, great on that. Let's give you this one. Let's put this one up. Your workout journey, everybody should be getting a workout. Everybody should have a workout plan, whether it's good, big, or long. Doesn't mean if you want to be, you don't have to have six pack abs. 
but everybody should be working out because health is your grade as well. All right. Let's show you a video. This would be funny. Um, it's going to be this brother right here, as you can see. Uh, brothers, can you do this? You see this? No, this is from, this is a Ling Ling from, I think, Thailand here. I think he's in Thailand. He done found them the biggest, thickest woman in Thailand right there. And, uh, you know, just like brothers, he cannot help but find the thickest thing going around the world, man. He got to find him. He got to find, uh -huh. wait a minute. He got to find him a thickness. Yeah. Let's see what this brother's going to do. Shout out to him. His name is Brawley Gaines. All right. I'm not trying to diss him. We're just having a little bit of fun. All right. Even when a brother's all muscular, he got to find him the biggest, thickest thing going, don't he? Don't he? All right. Let's continue. All right. Let's hear He's on vacation. He's on vacation. All right, he done took off his clothes for the thing, man. He done took off his clothes. Oh, man. <laughs> Woo, Lord. Wow. Oh, no, don't do it, brother. Don't do it. My brother about to lose his whole life, but I'm sure he's used to this. Brothers, I'm telling you, man, don't ever think brothers ain't getting them some fat tail out here. Let's see, continue. Oh, oh, he got, oh my goodness. He got her in the torture rack. Never skip leg day, even in Thailand. Thailand? Oh, no, oh, he gonna dump her. Ah, oh, he smacked her on the booty. Lord have mercy. He done smacked her on the booty and everything. He loved it. She loved it too. Look, look. There's a flatback walking right behind him. He had a whole flatback. I wish I could rewind it. He had a whole tiny little flatback walking right there. And he chose to go up. <laughs> Brawley Gaines, part of the nasty boys in the building. Yes, he is. Hey, that's the look. All them damn, all them damn linglings back there. He got lingling central in Thailand. Look, look, lingling right here, lingling right there. A whole flat back. They go a bust of bills very big. He find the biggest. Oh, he liked it. He liked it. All right, I gotta show you the flat back. <laughs> that's it. All right, that's it. We'll show the whole flat back in a miss. He going out there to Thailand to get him the same thing he could get in here in America by the pound. My lord. All right, uh, he's in great shape. Shout out to him being in great shape. I'm not, I'm not dissing the guy. I just want to show y'all. Hey, look at, oh, watch, he almost got, he in sandals. Oh, he almost lost it. Oh, he almost lost oh, it. The There's a flat back right there, a Ling Ling sitting back there. I didn't know they had him that big in Thailand. All right, shout out to the Thailand people out there. Uh oh, he gonna squat her too. Don't, don't, don't get your, don't. oh man, my knees would have been gone. They would have been. <laughs> 
My knees would have been gonzo in slides. Oh my god. Oh, he jumped. Oh my god. Look at that flat back sitting back there. Why he didn't do her? They go flat back right there. All right, you got the biggest thing. Lord have mercy. Oh, oh. they're going there. She is right there. And he look at him. He looking. <laughs> Shout out to the brother Brawley Gaze, man. Thanks for being an active participant in the show, man. Good Lord. What are we doing, brothers? Don't skip leg day. Yeah. Get your workout in, though. He's in fantastic shape. Here's a great video for the last one for the show. <laughs> uh, this could be you, man. Shout out to the Short Kings. I thought this was an interesting video of Floyd Mayweather. Uh, it has music, so I'm going to take it down. Um, this is a video. I believe he's with the boxer um, um, Anthony. Is it Anthony Johnson? And they're in the United Kingdom, obviously. And there's Floyd Mayweather right here. I believe this is the boxer, Anthony. I think his name is Anthony Johnson, I believe. But watch what happens, man. Watch the di Anthony Joshua. Sorry. Anthony Johnson is the, is the man at the 21 studio. Shout out to ADJ. Anthony Joshua. This video is interesting. Now, I don't know the net worth between those two. I would assume Floyd's the better-known person, but this is on Anthony Joshua's turf, so we'll say it's in the United Kingdom. Watch how Floyd gets treated. Let's continue. All right, they show up here. Look, they, they just ignoring your boy. Look at the girl showed up. Look at the girl. Look, she went to the tallest thing, the celebrity, the cute. Look at, look at Floyd. Oh, Short Kings getting dissed out here. No matter how much money you got, you Short Kings. What's going on, brother? Look, the thick girl came up. She all in him. She want him to put them hands up on them hips. When I dip, you dip, you dip. Hey, guys, it don't matter. It don't matter when you have, when, you, when, when you're in the element of nature, meaning when you're in the wild, the rules apply. Yes, short dudes can be successful out here. You got to do above and beyond. But at first, Nature applies the survival of the fittest. This isn't an excuse. This isn't a complaint, but this is just what it is. N now, if she notices him at some particular point, she, oh, that was Floyd. Oh, he's worth this. She might give him a chance then. But the natures of law, the, it, it is what it is. We in the jungle out here. And look, she look at Floyd. Damn. Look at Floyd. She walked right in front of him. Watch, watch, watch. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, she looked at him, too. Look at Floyd. Look at Floyd laughing. He's like, hey, baby, how you doing? She walked right. Yep. And put her back to him. Look at. Oh, no. Short Kings. It's okay, brothers. We going to end up being good. We go. <laughs> Hold up. Let's do it the right way. Hold up for a second. Shout out to the short kings in the building. Hold up. Oh, no. But look. Now she looked at him. Look how she looked at him. Oh, damn. Look. Look how she looked. Do not touch my booty. Who is your little ass over here? She looked at him like, look, she was in his grill. Oh, he was like, take the picture. Watch. Oh, 
he don't know enough game. He don't know enough game. He like, I came. What? This bitch? Yeah, she fat too. So look, that's the thing. That's the thing, bro. She she a busted Pillsbury biscuit can. And she got the nerve to be like, look. Uh, I guess. All right, let's continue here. Look how she leaned in. She leaned into him. Okay, Floyd, like, hey, bit, hey, bit, what you doing out here? You gonna diss me like that? All right, let's continue. Damn, she walked by him too. He straight, look at how you looking. He said, he said. <laughs> she straight up walked right by him. Look, whoops. Whoops. Look at her. Whoops. This, this, <laughs> this disrespectful, bro. All right, man. Damn. All right, look, still ain't looked at the man. Didn't even acknowledge the brother, bro. Look, look, Anthony tried to pull him in. <laughs> look at how she looking. What? Getting close to who? Now, just so you know, this is um Anthony Joshua. Somebody saying it. he's like LeBron in the United Kingdom. So Floyd is not on his turf. So if Floyd is in Las Vegas, this probably doesn't happen like this. But they happen to be on Anthony. Anthony Joshua was like a big deal in the United Kingdom. So they obviously know him, but you can't underestimate the fact that he's also this and yeah, he said his first that. Oh, uh, look, she look. So she leaned away and leaned into him. Now, let's just say in the United Kingdom, even though he's the man, if they knew Floyd was the man as well, don't you think that she would have known? But look, she actually, uh oh, I, damn, she turned away, yo. Anyway, let's continue here. And didn't even look at him. Look, look, it's one thing. It's one thing to be like, okay, Anthony Joshua's the LeBron. This dude ain't even getting looked at. They ain't even acknowledging the, the dude. They not even acknowledging him. That's, <laughs> this right here. they're not even acknowledging him that he's there. And he's in the picture. You would at least be like, oh, hi. Look, no, my goodness. Man. Wow. Look, look, Floyd try to talk and then wow, Lord. <laughs> hey, shout out to Floyd Mayweather. I know you watch my show. God dang. Whoever could look, he tried to talk to her. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. And so uh this how short kings be at the nightclub, bro. This how you be at the nightclub. Hey, yeah, so, uh, yeah, hey, man, good to meet you, man. Yes, I'm the heavy, I'm the best fighter pound for pound in the building. And, uh, oh, oh, yeah, about that. <laughs> oh, somebody said this was a prank. This was a prank. All right, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yow. Was this a prank? Oh, not even the uh oh reading rainbow in the building. Reading rainbow don't even know what to what to know. He got about it here. Look, oh no. Is this a prank? No, this has got to be this ain't no prank. They leaning all the way from the brother. All right, let me see here. Even the men doing it. Wow, he walked right past walk right past him. Again, even the men are doing it. But again, like we know, we're set. Oh, they go to Gordita again. I think these are replays. Look how she looked at him nastily. She was like, don't touch me. 
Yeah, these are replays again. So it's the end of the video. Wow. Mm. Oh, even, even, even. Oh, the humanity. I thought that's a fantastic video. I thought that was fun. Um, I don't know what to say about it. Like, I don't know what truth there is behind it. I just thought it's interesting. Nature, that's how nature plays out. Uh, so when if you're if you're the Floyd, this always gives short kings incentives to do more. Uh, if you're a short guy, you know, I'm a short guy. Um, many times when you become successful, you had to do three and four times the work than a guy who had the genetics, right? You had to grind and sacrifice. You didn't get the girls. You didn't get distracted. You had the you had the energy to I got to be somebody in order to get. And then when you get there, people who see you as short still will still try to make that your measuring stick. Well, it doesn't matter. You're successful. You still short. Right. So a lot of people will use that. So, it, you know, there's a lot of short kings. There's a lot of us out here. If you're 5'10 and below, you're probably considered a short king by many standards of societies. But it does give you a reason to become someone. Many short dudes became a lot uh, very famous. Many short dudes became dictators and straight up tyrants. <laughs> many short dudes became straight up tyrants and uh they made y'all pay for it by marching y'all into train compartments and they said am i short now mm. but uh yeah i think people like kevin hart uh people like people like rappers you know a lot of rappers and musicians even rock stars many of these people are small in stature they're small in stature they're not of course you can find examples of larger men doing it but many of them are relatively small people. And the reason why is um, a lot of times in society, they got treated like this. They got treated like this and completely ignored. And then they finally said, the hell with that shit. I'm a beat. I'm a beat the system. I ain't letting that happen. But sometimes even when you get to the place that you are, women and some men will still try to bring up the fact, oh, well, you still short. So you lack. Never, but never believe that. Never believe that. I think that comes from from the men's party comes from jealousy. If they haven't, um, if they haven't gotten to the place you've gotten, but it took you three or four times the work to even get recognized, and um, then they want to use that as, oh well, you're just this. Somebody said it was a hoax. Somebody said it was a hoax. I don't know, man. I, I actually have to look it up, but I thought it was a funny video. I don't think, I don't know, man. Floyd. Floyd got messed around. Somebody says 90% of hoes going after 1% of giants. But that that is another uh, case of what I call we don't practice monogamy. And we practice natural, natural selection. There's some women that don't want anything to do with short guys, right? Some of them will do this, and this is a thing that they'll even say, and it's actually worse. They were like, okay, well, I've been, I've had all the tall guys. I decided to give a short guy a chance. <laughs> right? They'll be like, I decided to give a short guy a chance, and then they will name all the things that the short guy messed it up. Oh, well, he was this. He was insecure. He was, he was controlling. He was manipulative. He was a psychopath. And then I just went back to get pounded out by bigger guys. You'll hear women say that. Some women will say, I'll never deal with one. And they do. They'll let you, they'll sleep with you. Just like you'll sleep with fat women. Every now and then, they'll let you come over there and beat it up. I beat up plenty of women that was taller than me. All right. 
Uh, but but sometimes I was the guy they was like, let me give this short dude a chance. He's somewhat handsome. <laughs> and then they gave me a chance and then they tried it and they was like, I don't like that his feet touch my calves when we cuddle. His feet touch the back of my knees when we cuddle. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you got to not let that affect you. What I would tell short kings is don't let that affect you. It's going to be something you deal with on a daily basis. People will remind you of it. But also people remind tall people that they're tall. It's just something that is a positive. So tall people never get, they never get uh, mad about it. It's like, stop calling me tall. <laughs> but every day they'd be like, oh man, man, you should. Okay, I realized that. Yeah, thank you. But um, yeah, man, it's uh one of the things I also, and I'll conclude with this at the three hour mark. Never believe being tall is going to be better overall. As Kevin McHale said, you don't see many tall 80 year olds not only that, as we saw in the video, many tall men have to deal with being approached by all kind of cockeyed, knock-kneed, fat straggles, believing that, oh, I finally found my tall king. But this guy's looking at her like, ugh. But she's looking at him like he's the hero. I finally found my hero. Like nobody else found the dude. <laughs> right? All these women with ACL, MCL, knee surgery, scars, bullet wounds, stab wounds. All right. Eyes that are offset, all super wide. Women with extensive weaves. And then they will find they will find this guy and be like, oh, I finally found you. I'm going to make myself available. So that's just natural selection. It's just hypergamy. And then it just makes I basically can tell you. That because of you, if you look at the statistics between tall men and short men, and you would think taller men get more women, you could say, but just based on that, we don't practice monogamy. Just based on that alone, statistically, there's no possibility of monogamy being practiced. None. Then you throw in other stuff. There's no possibility because most of these guys are getting the most of the women, right? And then that woman then turns to you and says, I'll give you a chance. You know, that, that type of shit. That, anyway. He said a lazy ass eye. Uh, it's crazy. That, that's, the, that's the danger of being a tall guy. They, they just get approached by anybody. And them women be like, oh, baby, I'm yours. Snow cows. I finally found my six foot giant king, you know. And then that guy's like, I'm going to just run through you and plow you. But many women will take that. They'll take that. They'll be like, I'll take that rather than being with a dude under 5'10". So there you go. Uh, it's the lack of monogamy. We don't practice monogamy. All right. Uh, Billy the Kid laughing my ass off looking at Floyd's face. Poor Floyd. I hope that was a joke. I hope they set him up because that was pretty bad. But I thought it was funny. And I think Floyd is against marriage, so I think he's been watching my show. Travis says the lockdown put millions of children on house arrest during their most formative years, and they made them wear masks when it was way too young for that. And he says when they were supposed to be learning how to socialize, they will struggle assimilating into adulthood, and they will be the new voters. Dude, look, I was just with a 21-year-old woman last night, <laughs> and she was awkward, man. It was kind of like, like, I think she was already awkward, but then I think the fact that Previous or two years she spent behind the doors, I was like, this ain't going to be, she ain't going to be no good. All right. And my kids in particular, my son 
missed his seventh and eighth grade year. Okay, now, remember junior high school? Okay, I don't know if you know, junior high school for boys is a big deal. It's a huge deal. So he missed the whole, you know, it was off and on. It was like hit or miss. He missed seventh and eighth grade. And then my daughter, I think, missed freshman year. Freshman year was kind of hit or miss or something like that, eighth and ninth. Dude, those are formative years. That's how you learn how to socialize. The dynamics between boys and girls changes. You know, fifth and sixth grade, you're halfway interested in girls. By the time you hit seventh and eighth grade, you're starting to be, you know, learning how to talk and learning your place in the hierarchy. And, you know, the boys come in, they are already 13-year-old, built like muscle, and you might be scrawny or vice versa. You're learning how to uh, get your, your, you learn how to get your bearings. Most of the time, your first dances are with seventh and eighth grade. That's a big year, the golden years. And many kids miss those formative years. By the time, now they're in 10th, 11th, and 12th grade now. Dude, they missed out, bro. They missed out big time. And those years are going to hurt a lot of young boys. It's going to hurt girls too. But the girls will be okay. They're just going to get pounded out by older men and men. But but those boys are going to be completely awkward with women, the majority of them. And they're going to need game and all of that stuff because they don't even know how to talk to girls. They miss that. So that's another thing that's going to go out in society. And people are going to say, why don't boys approach girls? Shit, they missed the whole 7th, 8th, and ninth grade. Those are the years where you first trying to get your whole bearings. You know what I mean? That's the first time you realize what you like on a girl. You'd be like, damn, I like, I like her feet. I like the booty. I like her boobies. And you, that's the first time you start looking and like, that's what I like. Now they were sitting at home behind the computer. It's going gonna, it's gonna to mess up society for a long time. And sorry I was describing body parts of people. But I'm just saying, you remember those days. This is the first time you was like, I like long hair. I like short hair. I like thicker woman. I like thinner woman. He says they will be okay. They'll be pounded out. Yeah. The ugly women, the socially awkward women, they're going to get salami down. Or are they going to be doing prawn? They already kind of doing that. Let me see here. Uh, we got everybody, I think. Let me go check PayPal. Then we're going to be done. We'll be back for the evening show. Oh, we got AD Austin in the building. Uh, girls like tall guys so they can get fat and not look super fat in contrast. That That is true. That is true. They always want to do the nature. One thing about men and women in society Whatever we want nature-wise, they just completely dismiss. All right. Whatever they want nature-wise, well, I want to feel smaller. I want to feel protected. I don't want to feel sh- uh, I don't want to feel large. Like they will always wrap their choices in uh, related to some biological urge of the caveman. That doesn't apply to today's world. It's never those things really don't apply. Not only that, they already bigger than the moose. And so now because they're bigger than the moose, <laughs> They got to get a bigger guy instead of trimming your ass down, okay? But um, but when men say, well, I like a big rack because I like this. I like big hips. I like small hips. I like smaller waist, but I like flat backs. I like, oh, you are just a reprehensible in- individual. Oh, the humanity. Well, why? Because scientifically, the likelihood, no, it don't matter. Fat phobia, skinny phobia, black phobia, color phobia. They're going to use every damn thing to critique your personal choice, even though when science backs it up. 
<laughs> you like call shit. You like sitting there like what? You can't win. Can't win in the building. But anyway, we out related to success. Go get your blue chip mindset on. And if you want more, go get the money mindset. That is the Patreon level. I put up the budget sheet. That's going to be posted. I put up the replays. That's going to be posted this week. And also put up um, the social media production schedule sheet that I share with you as well. Um, shout out to the Coach Gang. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for the support and the super chats. And we out of here.